Well, hello and welcome to the Below the Rim show, a show dedicated to the B- B- BBL. I nearly said something else then, and I should have said it, dedicated to Ben Thomas. Uh, we don't often get exclusives like this. I'm, it's me, Pabs, Grant's here, Wayne's here. We're waiting on ads. Hopefully ads will be here, but... We we'll keep the uh, the intros of ourselves short because we have somebody who's in the running for coach of the month and somebody who pulled off something that was inconceivable by many. Uh, it is, of course, the head coach of the trophy winning Cheshire Phoenix, Mr. Ben Thomas. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um what a weekend. What a weekend. I mean, I think it, from our predictions, we had you guys in the final. And I think all but ads, we had the Lions picked. We wanted you guys to do it. Head and heart thing, obviously. Um, but the predictions is, is one of those things that none, none of us really want to slip up on. But we don't mind on this occasion. I'm 100% sure of that. Congratulations! What a what a weekend for you. Have you have you recovered yet from the weekend? Um, not really. <laughs> I'm tired, a little bit hungover today. <laughs> Definitely enjoyed the bus ride back home. Um, but if you can't celebrate wins like that, then what, then what can you do? Absolutely, and what a win it was. Um, Grant, my man, you were. This is this is the problem with this show. There's an awful amount of fanning about on my part, and these guys are having a good old chat, and I couldn't press record. Go on, Grant. Take it away. First of all, apologise. For which part? No, I I spent a lot of hours watching basketball the weekend, and I was just, I mean, I think I mentioned two or three guys to Ben there before we started recording. Like, Ben's recruited a good team this year that's winning. Mm. Um, some amazing games. You saw it from the start of the season against Leicester on the road, which really kind of made people take notice of what uh, Cheshire were doing this season. And he's got a team of guys that any night can step up. Uh, like that Leicester game, he built up such a brilliant lead and made it exciting by letting them have a chance. Uh, just doing it for the Sky Sports cameras. You'll, I think that's what you'll say. Is that not what you said, Ben? You're just keeping it good for the cameras, yeah? Yeah. <sighs> We, yeah, we 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 thought it was getting a bit boring, <laughs> and then obviously <laughs> yes, and then obviously yesterday's, I suppose it is a major upset. We saw how good London were against Besiktas midweek, and how they were able to come back from fifteen points down against the Gladiators to, let's be honest, being absolutely blown away by Cheshire. Like Cheshire for that whole forty minutes, yes, they were just superb. Everyone that Ben put on the court must have done the job that was asked for them, and it. If you were to put someone in who didn't really understand the disparity between the teams in terms of budget, you wouldn't have a clue who was who. And I, and I think that says a lot about how Ben got his team ready for that game. So well done, sir. Yeah, Wayne, my man. Wayne, my man, make your, uh, make your introduction, sir. 
Yeah, um, as a Riders fan, uh, I said to Benny, ruined my Saturday night and then really made my Sunday night by uh, pulling that one out of the bag yesterday, which was an incredible achievement. Um, yeah, it was... I'm not saying it shouldn't have happened because it's sport, but you never know. But on paper, Lions against the rest of the league is a bit of a mismatch, budget-wise. But when you've got team spirit like Cheshire had yesterday and have had all season, and adding to that some excellent players, um, you've always got a chance, haven't you? And they really took the ball by the horns. And uh, for me, I mean, I've been watching British basketball for years. That For me, that's the biggest upset I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, that's my take on it. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a superb effort. You, I mean, I was good. I was trying to call up the stats on this leading into the trophy. We, we, I'd, well, if you, you, you said you listened to the show, you would have noticed that we kind of thought you maybe took your feet off the gas a little bit towards the end of that last couple of weeks in the league leading up to that trophy week. Is that fair to say to that you guys kind of you, you held a couple of guys back and no, I wouldn't say it was done anything deliberately. I think um, the, the 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 third game before the trophy started, we played London at their place, and we put a lot into that week. We were right there with them until probably about thirty seven, thirty eight minutes, and uh, Sam Decker just made some hell of a plays. I know you're not his biggest fan, Pab, but. <laughs> um, Oh, he's, I know, he's, he's a good player. I understand he's a good player. But, yeah. <laughs> no, but he he definitely he definitely um, you know, won that for them. Made some huge plays down the stretch, and then we followed that up with a game against Newcastle on the Sunday. And like the message to the players was, look, if we play like this against Newcastle, if we play like this against any other team, that we win the game. But I think <laughs> giving ourselves so much or putting so much into that game and, and not, not getting away with it. Um, so I like, took a bit of wind out of our sails that, that weekend. So mm. the Newcastle game, it's like we had a bit of a hangover from it. We just could never get going at all in the game. And Ricky McGill, I think he had, what, 40 points or something that night mm. as well. Like, he was just unstoppable. He, like, he was making yeah. shots from all over the floor. So we, we, we literally had no, no answer for him that night. Taj Green as well played played really, really well. Um and then obviously the the Manchester game. I mean, that's just an unbelievable performance fr from us in terms of probably the worst of the season. Um, no offense to Manchester. Okay, I mean, we all know that this year they're they're, they're very inconsistent. Very. Yeah. Um, but when 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 they turned up and Jamal Anderson wasn't playing, it was like this is actually bad for us because he's such a big part of their team that a lot of our focus is on scouting, you know, what they do, how they play and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When you take someone out who's playing 36, 37 minutes, that means that there's a lot of minutes there for other people to step up. People like Evan Walsh who can score in bunches, people like, you know, Nick Stampley who probably doesn't get to play as much but I really think like he's like a you know an unsung hero for that team. I think like he's really underrated. But because Jamal's in front of him, he doesn't get a chance to play probably his true position that often. Um, and then obviously William Lee, I, I think he had thirty on us oh, in that yeah. game as well. That was so the start of his kind of return. Really, I feel really yeah. Well. Mm. So I, I think there was nothing done deliberately. Um, I think you know a loss 
isn't always the worst thing. It gives you like a reality check. It, it makes sure that you, you stay grounded and stuff like that. But you know, it feels bad. It feels like it's the worst thing in the world when it happens. Well, um, but you, having you those say that, losses, that, you know, that's kind of a segue, isn't it? Because there is one particular loss that I feel may have been the driving force for this whole campaign, and that was, of course, last season's, which you're sick of hearing. Sloan from the corner. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to change the intro to the show because that contains that clip. For you, I'm going to take it out. Um, I appreciate it. I always miss like who's on the show because as soon as I press play, I press skip 30 twice. So I miss you. Well, it won't be there this week. Um, but was that, did you write that on a chalkboard anywhere or was that kind of ingrained in everybody? Um, I mean, not really because obviously the group that we have this year is very oh, different to the group that... Sure we had last year um you know there's a few of us still here obviously jack Ulf and, and mace and then obviously the coaching staff but um you know the players watch the games too they're on the bbl youtube channel all the time they, they see the, the clip they see the, the video and, and all that every single time so we're all pretty sick of it um i've said this a few times over interviews this weekend it's like you never want to lose a game that way and definitely don't want to lose a final that way because it's on a big stage and they have the opportunity to make it such a big story. Um, I love that so, story, yeah. little bit. I love that story. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> um, but no, he... Um, come full circle, isn't it? it, it, it def- say again, sorry? It's come full circle now, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it definitely, like say, definitely added a little bit of fuel to the fire. Um, you know, I... I won, obviously, my first year as a head coach. Hmm. Um, and I probably, I've probably i said this before, so I probably took that for granted too easily. You know, if, obviously, first year, get to a final, wow, this is this is good. Probably never realised how hard it would be to get to another final. And then when you do, you just want to cherish it. You want to make sure that you have no regrets. And hmm. at the end of that game last year, we sat in the changing room afterwards and we all had regrets. We had a meeting... The, in the week when we got back to Osmond Port and we had regrets. like So I wanted to make sure that this time we, we left it all out there. Absolutely, certainly did. And I mean, it doesn't, in terms of, like I said, full turnaround, it doesn't come any kind of sweeter than that, if you like. We were hoping for, I know Grant was specifically, we, we were hoping for a, a repeat of last year's final. But the Glads couldn't, didn't, they looked like they were going to do it at one stage and then it just, Game got a little bit too far away from them, and um, we were robbed of that. But we were not robbed of what ultimately happened. Go on, Grant. No, I was, I was just going back to the start of the final. That is such an unfinal type start where both teams just came out absolutely shooting daggers. Mm-hmm. I take yeah. Well, what as coach, you probably expected to be a slow start when it comes to final. Maybe being the like a two day thing had helped these guys, but. When you see all these buckets going, what what goes through your head? Yeah, so obviously, like, perhaps I'll probably answer your bit first there where you seem right. to feel like you're robbed of that like story again. It's like, I think before the weekend, if you'd have said, who would you prefer out the other game if you get to the final, I think we'd have chose Gladiators as well because <laughs> of everything that I've already spoken about. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, London are a very good side with some very good players. Um, and, you know, we, we've played... Caledonia three times, beat them twice this season. So it's definitely a matchup that we like. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that definitely would have been a great story. And it would probably even have been better for us if we'd have then 
revenge that uh, they lost yeah. from last year. So total retribution. Think, yeah. yeah, we are potentially. I think we, as a league, are potentially robbed of a good story. But credit to London on Saturday, they they did what they had to in the second half after a pretty yeah. poor first half against against Gladiators. Um, so yeah, that that was the first thing. And obviously, uh, Grant, coming to yours. Um, I do think playing on Saturday helped both teams on the Sunday. Okay. Because the stats from Saturday were crazy. So yeah. um I think London I think London shot three from twenty-three from three point line on Saturday. Caledonia were in the twenties as well. Like it was a real low percentage. I can't remember, maybe twenty-six or twenty-seven percent from three. We shot thirty percent on forty attempts, which mm. was crazy. Um Skylar had seventeen of them on his own. Um <laughs> and then um, we shot 30% and Leicester shot 36%. So that was the best percentage from three all weekend. But then obviously you go into the, into the finals. Um, like you say, both teams start off hot. Both teams can't stop. Yeah. And I actually listened to the Sunday night breakdown and um, I never realised it, but Dan Oplidge said the first time a team put a scoring run together was like nine minutes, 20 in the first quarter after wow. nine minutes, 20 in the first quarter. So we were just trading blows for nine minutes, 20. Wow. And the first time a scoring one was on the free throw line where Cam Christen made two sets of free throws. Well, um, wow. yeah, it, was, it, was, it was strange. <laughs> you don't normally see finals like that. That's the sort of stat we'd have had during the game if he'd have been on the call. We'll get to that later. We'll, uh, we'll let you go before we talk about that, Ben. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I can stay impartial then. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go back to that first game. Sorry, Wayne. Um, Darren uh, Rye, of course, just... I'm over it. <laughs> Aaron Rye went off. Um, you guys were in complete control of it. Um, and it looked, like you say, it looked like it was going to be easy. I guess you know to some degree Leicester aren't going to go quietly into the night because it's not what Rob's about. And that team, he's starting to get some real kind of chemistry going together there. Um, you Is there ever a thing where you, obviously you want to be in the final, so you've got to go all out for it but like you said you 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 were forced to rest it was cam wasn't it um which meant you know they um, they came back into it looking for that next game ahead it, how hard is that to work at? how hard is that to do because you've got one eye on sunday you've got to get there first how hard is that to manage yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you, you said about Leicester are never going to go down without fighting, sort of thing. Mm. Um, and they proved they proved it a few weeks ago. Well, probably a couple of months ago now, when um, they were at our place. And again, we had a big lead, and they got right back into the game. Um, mm. they were fouling us a lot. We we just could not make free throws that day. And they, you know, we we mm. blew a big lead that 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 night. So we we knew that the game was never safe. Um, but obviously, when Cam like just tweaked his ankle a little bit. Um, he actually done it last week against Sheffield, against Sheffield at home, uh, where he was forced again to play more minutes because of injuries that happened to some of the other guys. We oh, just yeah. didn't want to put him in a situation that, um, you know, if he did, if he did stay in the Leicester game and we won and he rolled his ankle, then we, you know, another another man down, you know, yeah. knowing that Ethan isn't playing all weekend, that we just had to sort of make that decision on the court and. Towards the end of the game, you might you might have seen it on camera or, or Wayne, you might have seen it in person. Like Cam Christen was actually like doing some sprints and like he was ready to come back on. Like he said, like I, I can go if you need me. But at that point, it's like because the game has changed so much from when he was in it, 
it's like we had to just stick with with, with the five guys that were on the floor and mm. you know luckily for us it paid off certainly did um and you guys close fashion they had a chance uh Myron Thomas chucked one up at the end uh, you did well to put him on the pressure and obviously a, a miss on that Wayne my man did you think it, the glory days were coming back I thought we were dead and buried I didn't see us getting back into it. And then <clears throat> bang, bang, bang from the three-point line. Um, and that's a, I mean, it's a shooter's graveyard, that place, isn't it, normally? Um, I mean, yeah. According to lots of other people have said the same thing, it's it's the sight lines there are quite difficult, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then we go and make three quick threes like that. And, and then Kimball gets an and one puts us in the lead and everyone's looking at each other in our session going, how the hell are we in the lead here with where we pulled this from? And then Mr. Rideau um, does his stuff and we needed him to make that free throw, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Then we could have got set up and uh, advanced the ball and et cetera. It's always did you have a timeout out left? Did Sorry? Rob have a timeout? He I'm did. Sure he was, yeah, he's not <laughs> Yeah, he he he, 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 he called the timeout. I was obviously on the call. He had called the timeout to the table as soon as the ball was in Q's hands. So like I, I was getting prepared to to sort of say what we're doing defensively at that point as well. Yeah. So I, I agree. Like missing the free throw. Like Aaron Rye came up to me and said, "Should we get him to miss?" I said, "We can't risk it," um, because obviously if you miss, you know you can still heave a half court shot and you and you. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can win the game like what Myron Thomas almost did. Mm. But I just thought if we can get, you know, another point on the board, we'll trust our defence at that point What's there. Because obviously team? that's what Rob did. Like yeah. Rob Rob had Rob had a one-point lead going into that last 18 seconds and he trusted his defence to get the job done. Um, Q just made a, a really great play and, and, and obviously won the game for us ultimately. Yeah, it's a, some some finish that some finish, and I suppose that's Ben. That's two games because I suppose <clears throat> that's another game where your team's shown a brilliant spirit to kind of come back. It was against the Gladiators as well. You you don't probably don't mind me saying this. You let us back in that game as well. Like we were dead and buried, and then all of a sudden it's we've got I suppose two chances: one in regular time and one in uh, extra overtime. But you just saw again the defense from Quincy against Bothwell was incredible. Like just knowing his guy wants to go left and he's got him there, and then for your team to force the turnover, you've then I suppose done it in this game as well where you've done enough. But like it just shows what your team are so together to kind of do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we put ourselves in a position to be able to ride a, a Leicester wave sort of thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like if we were only four points up and then Leicester started playing so well and, you know, Kimball hits a three, Jaron Holmes hits his first three of the game with a minute left or whatever it is, then you're, you're in more trouble. But we had that lead in the first place to sort of, you know, like I say, ride, ride, you know, their little run and make sure that, you know, we, we gave ourselves a chance as well. Like the clock was on our side um, when, when Kimball had the ball. I mean, what we what we tried to do is I subbed the Quincy out because he was on four fouls, mm. and uh, put Jack Hudson on on uh, Kimball McKenzie just to give it get a foul, just take a little bit of time off the clock, 
and um, you know just make it a little bit more difficult for for for, for Leicester to score. But unfortunately, you just got a quick step on Jack and got him on his back straight away, went straight by him, and then obviously Skyler comes across for the help. It's just like a bit of a clumsy foul that you know we never wanted to commit, but. Um, you know, we we could have put our heads down at that point and been like, "This is it now, it's done." But like you say, that the, the spirit of the team, like the will of the team, the experiences that we've had this year against gladiators, against riders, and at our place, like you know, we've learned a lot about each other. And you know, like I say, we 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 were there, ready to win. So with um, with Shagwa being missing, Ben, how how did that disrupt your planning? Um, you know, it's a big piece missing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, Ethan's Ethan's a huge part of the team as well. It's very much like Macy, like, um, you know, we've got so many players that, you know, stand out on different weeks that no one ever really speaks about Ethan that much. But like, he's he's a massive part of our team, like probably mm. one of our better rebounders, can stretch the floor just as well as Skyler. Um, you know, people don't realise that, you know, he, he can shoot the ball really well. He's our tallest player as well. So obviously it's a big miss that way. Um, but the team is designed to have um, our smaller guards or smaller forwards step up into the, that four-man role. Um, so obviously the likes of Maceo, Cam, Kristen, Aaron, like we we practice every single day with one of them at the four anyway. Oh, wow. So it, we knew it was we we knew it was going to be a miss. But at the at the end of the day, like we knew we had guys that could step up. Mm. They certainly did that. <clears throat> I've just what? actually properly looked at the stats from the semi final. <clears throat> And I hadn't realised how efficient Aaron was. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Like he was from the eye, I tend to not look at stats till afterwards anyway, but from the eye test I was I thought I knew he was amazing. Twenty seven eleven how efficient he was. That's just He's yeah, just no, going he, to the basket, he's uh well Nobody's really figured him out, have they? He did well to get him. Yeah. He had a lot of interest across the BBO. I know for a fact there was a number of coaches trying to Trying to tie down Aaron Ryan, you did. You found you did so well to get hold of him. Yeah, um, I know. Obviously, Plymouth wanted him. Mm. Sheffield, Newcastle. Mm. Um, was there I'm anyone sure Newcastle was, didn't want? No. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> but no, we, we we put a lot of effort into Aaron. Like you know, we um, started following him really early on in Division One. NBL Division One, not in in college, mm. um, just because like when when they released the post about him, like we found out they had a British passport, so like that like sparked our interest straight away. Like you know there there are a lot of guys in Division One that are good players, but guys that are coming from NCAA Division One mm. who have had good stats don't normally play in that league. So it's like sort of like sparked our interest early. So we we followed it early. Got in touch with him early, spoke to obviously Hemel about him and stuff like that. And then as soon as his season finished, like he actually came for a visit to well, well, Twelsmere Port, and um, he loved the place. Surprisingly, um, he said it's the best place he's ever been. Uh, so no, we must have done a good job. Canadians are so nice. Done... Canadians are such <laughs> nice people. <laughs> we must have, we must have done a good job. Um, you know, we we made him feel wanted. Um, our recruitment like had already started at that point towards the end of. the um, the season, we had an identity that we wanted to go with, so uh, we had all the all the paperwork, all the scouting and stuff for Aaron. And I think that he, you know, he likes that stuff. Obviously, he's an Ivy League, um, an Ivy League student, so he mm. he obviously likes, you know, detail and stuff like that. And and when we sold it to him, like you know, he bought in, and that was the case with everyone across the board. Like everyone knew what our team was about before they got here. Everyone knew what the team was going to be playing like, and. 
Um, yeah, it was it, it was a successful recruiting classes, and Aaron was definitely up there with one of them. So, did you think Aaron would hit the the hit the road running as such as as well as he has done that kind of jump up from NBL? We don't see it all the time. We've seen it in the past from different players, but did you expect that to be so successful? So, when we recruited him, we never used his division is NBL Division 1 stats so everything that we referred to okay. referred to his college stats yeah. so that was more relatable to us knowing that he played at that level rather than Division 1 like yeah it's great you know you've averaged 25 points and 12 rebounds a game or whatever it was in Division 1 over a season that's great that just means that you know you're, you're not afraid of taking a bigger role now you're out of college yeah. um, but we never really looked too much into the, to the into those stats um, it was more focused on Division One Dartmouth, and and that's where, again, like he he respected that as well. The, so, um... Yeah, we did think we did think he was going to be, be be good in, the, in this level, and especially after the first practice in September, <laughs> we knew he was going to be very good. Super. <laughs> I, I believe it was rebound. I forget what the thing is. It's rebound on Twitter that they follow the NBA a lot. I believe they came up with a stat that he's yet to lose in a final in this country. Yeah, you reminded me of that yesterday as well after the game. You said, uh, I still haven't lost a final in the UK yet. I said, well, well, stay here for a bit longer with us then if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in the playoff final. You got a chance. Um, literally have a chance. Uh, so that we'll move on to the... You were, we've already mentioned the start of the of the uh, the final against London. How do, you, how do the guys... Mentally, I suppose it's a situation where you go, you've got you've literally got nothing to lose and everything to gain in that situation. Are there, is it difficult to get guys fired up for that, or is it is it easier in a sense because it's it is the the big spending team in the league? Um, it's a it's a really like strange sort of like emotion going into the final, um, because everything that you've just said is is, is true. Do you know what I mean like mm. they are the biggest spenders in the league. Like, we all know that they have the deepest roster in the league. We all know that. Um, but, like, our confidence came from, like, our, our two games against them when we've been right there. We played them at our place and we were there for 37, 38 minutes. We were at their place and we were right there for 37, 38 minutes. And no offence to, you know, any of the teams that have um, beaten London or any of the other teams that have really ran them close. Like, we've got the stats. We know that when they play us, they don't play Kieran Sandy, they don't play Caboz, they don't play um, Kareem Queerly that much. Like mm. We're the team that they've played their strongest players for, for the, for the, the biggest amount of time. Mm-hmm. So we know that we cause match-up problems for them. We know that they, they, they do find it hard against us. And it's... When we were when we were sat so after the game finished, we obviously got back to the hotel. Me and and Tom, one of my assistant coaches, like we sat down and uh, was doing the scout for London. And it, going into the last game at their place, we were like, we've just got to double down on what we do. Like we've got to make sure that we drive and kick, penetrate and kick, and take shots because mm. they're so good defensively in the paint that you have to just shoot the ball. So going into the game, it's like we've been right there. We can't change anything that we're doing. We've just got to double down on our identity, double down on like our philosophy and how we're going to score. And 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 I think everyone's seen that. You know, on 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 Sunday or yesterday, because I think our first three shots were all threes. Um, mm. You know, we just we we just made a point of we wanted to drive, we wanted to kick, and we wanted to shoot the ball. Who's the uh, 
who's the guy in the locker room for your team? Who's who's the guy that kind of rallies the troops? Bit of bit of a nutcase, just gets stuck in. Because it, I'll be honest, on Sunday it looked a little bit like it might be Skyler White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, really, because. I don't think we've got like one person that's like a real vocal leader. Like, you know, um, everyone has a voice. Everyone's allowed to speak. Everyone's allowed to say stuff. And at different days, it will be different people. But Skylar's definitely the, definitely the loudest. Um, he's definitely the most energetic, um, enthusiastic, all, all those sort of words that you want to use to describe him. Um, but he's hard on himself as well because, because he expects so much from himself and the team. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't really have just one person, um, but yeah. it's a team. It's a, it's a team full of characters, definitely. Does Scarlet White feel like he had a little bit of unfinished business? Because obviously he's coming. Yeah. Oh, was it? Sorry. No, it's exactly what you wonder. That it's a brilliant question. He was one of the guys we were looking at pre-season, thinking, "Can't wait to see this guy come back" because he was exciting to watch when he was at Surrey, but also to kind of gauge how the league's progressing. And he's taken a real, well, without wanting to sound disrespectful, a real kind of elder statesman role on the team. He knocks down those threes. He does the hard work. He, he, you, I mean, it looks at times like you've got him playing at the five almost. He's kind of doing whatever it is you want him to do, like a proper pro. But did he did he feel coming in like he had some unfinished business? Yeah. Um, it was actually quite like uh, emotional last yesterday after the game. So. After we um, celebrated with the champagne and everything, our, our locker room was a mess. So we went next door, and I went. I thought I was going to be first in there, and Skyler was in there, and oh, um, he had his head in his hands. I said, "Sky, you okay?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Are you?" You emotionally goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Why?" He goes, "Because I thought two years ago my career was over." Oh man! And you know that was that, that was um, you know that was that was quite moving to hear him say that and to sort of you know be there with him when he's just, you know, won the biggest game that he's ever played in, you know, with his mum and dad who were over in the States, his wife and, you know, his little son were, oh, were, were courtside. And then, you know, a lot of their other family, um, his in-laws and stuff were there as well. So, like, it was an amazing day for him. Um, yes, he definitely feels like he's got unfinished business. Um, I still remember playing against him at Surrey when we had Mike Ocherobia. Mm. And um, we, we just we just couldn't deal with him because mm. at that point they had him and James Hawthorne at the four and the five yes. and it was like James Hawthorne off the dribble or James Hawthorne off the wing like it's too quick Skyler then shooting the ball like it was just a matchup nightmare and then after that Dan Clark is at Manchester and like again that's another matchup nightmare with mm. bigs who can shoot the ball you just didn't see it in this league like properly like people who really want to shoot the ball and then obviously last year when we had Will Neighbour here we moved him to the five rather than playing the four. And that that suited him really well as well because he's defending, you know, slower guys who are, you know, don't have that much movement. And then obviously offensively can really spread the floor and, and bring guys to where they don't want to be. Um, so Skyler, when we recruited him, it was like, Skyler, you're not going to be a, a four man here. You're not going to be a power forward. Like you're going to play the five for us. We want someone who can shoot the ball, mm. who can stretch defences out. And, and you know, he bought into it. He loved that idea. You know, he thought that, that 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 would suit his game and and ability the best and and that's what we did and you know it's it, it's worked out a treat so far. Well, he certainly had a terrific final. And how did you how how did that come about? You guys picking him up over the summer. Um, so obviously when when we knew Will wasn't going to return, um, we were sort of like looking for that same sort of like 
um, same sort of player, some a big who can shoot the ball. And Skyler's agent, like I've spoke to him numerous times about mm. different players and stuff. And as soon as we were look, started looking, like Skyler's name was on the list. Mm. So we said, right, what about Skyler White? Um, obviously, knowing him from the league, having that experience playing against him, um, we knew that he'd fit the the philosophy straight away. And the more we looked into him, it actually turned out to be a better fit than what Will would have been for us because he gave us a little bit more in other other areas as well. Like Will, you know, the, his height and his shot are un, unmatched in the league. Um, but Skyler just does a few other little bits that actually probably suit us a little bit better. So, um, you know, as soon as we knew about it, again, like it was another one between us and Sheffield. Like it was it was close that he was going to go there. Um, yeah. But we brought we brought him up from Surrey because he was in, in Surrey in London over the summer. Spent a little bit of time with him. And, um, you know, he, he really liked it. He really liked what we were about and decided to come here. And like I say, it's just a perfect fit for both of us. question I have for you, Ben, was just after the... Just looking back at it, even watching it, you saw how much um, in the semi-final, Gabe and Josh Sharma dominated. That was really the reason the Lions won in the end. But when you look at how they did against you, again, like coming into that game, how how did you feel you were going to nullify their... Like, let's be honest, Gable is saying he's probably the best big man in the league, traditional big man in the league. But how you guys kept him to six points. Yeah, um, so... For the last nine games, I think it is, um, we were looking at the scout, like both Sharma and uh, Oliseni, their usage has gone up massively. Like Oliseni's like at like 5% high usage at the moment. Mm. Um, and like his assists are ridiculous as well for a big guy. Like he's assisting like six assists for 40 minutes. Um, obviously, he had a big game up in, in Newcastle the other week when he had like nine assists or something. He's so we knew we had to try and keep them quiet as much as we can. Offensively, we definitely had a defensive scheme in place. Like we were doing one thing for Oliseni and a completely different thing for Sharma. Um, but a big part of their game and why they're so influential to the teams as well, though, are their defensive presence in the paint. Obviously, Caledonia, you have two traditional bigs in, in Clifton Moore and Ali Hodgetts. In the in the nicest way of saying it, you aren't going to get much success against Sharma and Oliseni in the post because, like you say, Oliseni's probably the best traditional five man. I mean, I really rate Clifton more. Like, you know, he is as good a rookie in the league as anyone. Um, but with us offensively, it's completely different. Like they're, they're not used to being out there with a hand in Skyler's face and he's still shooting it over them. So um, we definitely had a game plan for both of those guys. And luckily for us, it worked yesterday. And luckily. I know. But I've, I said it in the preload as well. Like, uh, it's interesting the two guys that I'm massive on your team are Cam Christen, Maceo Jack. Both had 15 points yesterday. Both shot the ball really well. Contributed so many different ways. You're now bringing them off your bench, right? <laughs> That's for, like, yeah, I, no, you I must, mean... like The fact you can trust any one of your kind of seven, eight main guys. Add in David Ulf that you know will always do a job for you. It's a good place to be, Ben. No, it is. Um, you know, with with Mace, obviously he just wasn't starting this week because he he's got a nasty cut on his finger that we had to have taped up all, all week. Has he had that um, for a week or so, quite a few weeks? Yes, yeah, so he, 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 he done he done it in, he done it in the Sheffield game a okay. few minutes after Ethan dislocated his finger. We thought we had it with Mace as well, but luckily it was just a really deep, deep cut, so we never practiced at all Monday to Friday, and then shot 
not for the first time Saturday morning. Um, so we just sort of said to him, obviously, Mace, you haven't you haven't been training. Like we're just going to have to bring you off the bench. And a similar sort of thing with with uh, Cam Christen as well because we were two starters down, Ethan and Maceo. So we had to bring Cam Holden and and EJ Stevens into the starting lineup. And I I, I said to Cam Christen, I said you you're just too important for us off the bench because mm. you we, you're so consistent in what you're doing. We know what we're going to get as soon as you come on the floor. And, you know, he, he said, yep, yeah, no worries. That's my role. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Love and, that. you know, Cam will sometimes come on, Cam will sometimes come on the floor after four or five minutes and, and not leave the floor again for the, for the entirety of the first half. Like, you know, he, he does play a huge part in, in our team. He's, <clears throat> I believe we all voted for him on our trophy team of the season, which we did last week. It's just been incredibly efficient, and like you say, just a huge contributor to what you guys, what you guys do, what you guys put together. We've got some fan questions rolling in, so we'll get to those in a bit. Yeah. You guys, obviously, third quarter, you really hit them, took a big lead going into the fourth, managed to you know extend that even further, which was phenomenal. But I don't know when, at what point. Because it's, I understand it's incredibly strange when you're playing against that team of superstars because I think at one point you guys were up double figures and then I literally looked away did a couple of things looked back and suddenly it was 67 63 and it was like what where did that go but they're one of those teams that you you give them an inch and they will take a mile at what point did you actually think I think we're going to win this um was it the main seal corner threes oh mate it, it, it was in that spell it was definitely in that spell um I mean, obviously, go back to the third quarter. Yeah, like we 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 done a really good job defensively in the third quarter. I think up to up until a minute left, they'd only scored seven points, so we'd held them to seven points over nine minutes, which was unbelievable. And then Jordan Taylor got a, a two and then a three right on the buzzer of the the third quarter. So you know they had twelve points in that quarter, which obviously helped us gain mm. some confidence in what we were trying to do defensively. But offensively, we were, we, we, we were ticking the scoreboard over because they got, they got into foul trouble really early again in the, in the uh, third. I think they were in team fouls after about four minutes. Yeah, it was five so, and a half to go. Yeah, we, we were being really, really aggressive at that point, trying to get to the basket. And they, they were fouling us and, you know, the refs were calling them, some good calls. Um, I think there was a technical in there. I think there was an unsportsmanlike foul in there as well. So we um yeah, yeah we, no, we, we 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 just had a, a really good run, but defensively we were solid, and that's definitely what changed the game. And then the second part of your question: at what point did we think it was one? <laughs> Probably two and a half, like three minutes to go. Um, like we we had like a maybe ten point lead, nine point lead, something like that, and we got a stop. And it was either I think it was Aaron on the ball, and I just said five out ISO. Just take time off the clock, and mm. Aaron done it, and then I think Quincy done it. The, the possession after, where we literally just tried to score right at the very end, and I think at that point, then it was like, you know what, we we can definitely win this game. Because it is it is a weird situation. Like I said, they they've got that firepower, and you're never quite sure. First of all, you're never quite sure if if you've got enough of a gap, and secondly, you're never quite sure if you're kind of dreaming. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Um, me and James, the general manager, spoke like afterwards, and it's like it just didn't even seem real at the time. Like hmm. James said, he looked up. Did he look up? No, he didn't even look up. He looked at the stats at the end of the game, and he didn't realize that we'd won 
by 16. Like, you just didn't even realise that we'd blown them up by that much. Like, it was, um, yeah, it was a huge result in the end. Uh, do you, go on, Grant, because I'm going to ask it a, a, a major question, I guess. I don't know. Go on, Grant. Mine, mine throws it back to the game against Sheffield, to be honest. Was, like Sheffield played their whole starting team, and you very much used your whole squad. Obviously, you rested a couple of guys. And it kind of felt like you guys had a lot of momentum anyway through the trophy. Mm. But how big was Greg Wilde that night? Like, 16 points. Mm. He was he was incredible. And Sheffield had no answer for him. Yeah, no, he was huge. Um, again, like, Greg is, like, somebody that came on our radar, like, a few years ago because James, the general manager, like, knows his family really well. So we, we have, like, we've always had a relationship with with, with that family as a club and, and stuff. And uh, we held open trials uh, in the summer, and he turned up, and like he was really good there. You know, there were some good, there were some really good players there, but Greg was really good. Um, we sat down with him, and we said, obviously, it's it's really late on um, in the summer in recruiting, so we have got like you know our, our team that we've we've already selected. So if you if you do want to come, like it's going to be as you know a squad player, you're probably not going to see the floor that often. Um, but it's definitely like we we want to work with you for the future because you know you're a local lad, you're a good person, which is always important, and you can play basketball. So like we want to we want to try and like keep Greg here as long as we can, as long as he's happy to be here, obviously. Um, and every single day in practice we see it. All the players love him. Um, he's very very good. Like honestly, for his age and like where he's been, like he's got a lot of talent. Um. Decision making at times needs work, but again, he's twenty one years old. Like you know, all of the of our main pros that you've talked about, they weren't playing professional basketball at this level when they were twenty one. They were still in college, and mm. um, playing a complete basketball by a completely different set of rules and stuff. So he's learning. Um, this has been a couple of games this season away to Bristol and away to London, where we've we've brought him on the floor and he's done well. And then in the trophy. Obviously, we, we we put him on the floor against Plymouth and Surrey, and both times, like he was just, you could see he was just too nervous, and those occasions got the better of him. He missed shots that he'd normally make. He made decisions that he probably shouldn't have made. And um, going into the game against Sheffield, when we knew the the the, the pool stage was won, you know, I said to him before the game, I said, "Look, this is a hell of an opportunity for you to get some real minutes today." So, like, don't be nervous. Just just play your normal style of basketball, and I think. That just done in the world of good. Like, you know, he's not sat on the bench for 35 minutes, 36 minutes. He's getting straight out there after being warm. And, you know, his, his confidence was high and the, his teammates got behind him. The fans got behind him. We all love to see what he did. And, you know, it was a great performance for him. And, you know, I hope that it continues and I hope we give him more opportunity like that. And I suppose that's where, you, I suppose your team's probably actually one of the few this season where you've got a good Britishness about it in terms mm. of, uh, David Alf, Hudson, um, Greg Wilde, you, you're giving these guys minutes, whereas other teams don't really have these guys to get a chance. Yeah, I mean, they're all big parts of the team. Um, obviously, like Skyler and Aaron are both on British passports as well. Um, so we are, mm -hmm. you know, we are using we are using our our, our Brits a lot. Um, but it's it's every single day in practice, you can count on these guys to do stuff, and you know. So the fans don't see it. Um, I, I I get a chance to work with them every day. So like I trust Jack one hundred percent. I trust Ulf one hundred percent. Same with same with Greg when he gets the opportunity. Like I, 
I know if I ask them to do something, they will do it to their best ability and there won't be like any other intentions there. So you, as a coach, that's all you want. Like, you know, you'll see it through every team. Every team has that one one guy, Caledonia, Fraser Malcolm. You know when he goes out there, he's going to do what he does to the best of his ability. Yeah. Plymouth, you're going to see Joe Hart go out there and do what he does to the best of his ability. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, mm. it, you can go through every team and say say a certain player and I know that when Jack and Ulf are on the floor they're going to do everything they can for the team and that's that's all you can ask for mm. well my my question we've got some fan questions which we would, I think I said that already which we'll get to you but <clears throat> I'm, I'm old and I have loved this game the BBL since 1989 something like that I've seen a lot. You still have a beard then? <laughs> I was quite young when I had a beard, to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you guys realise what you've done? Essentially, do you? Is it sunk in yet? What you've what you've actually done in terms of? Because I am, and we'll probably get into this later on this evening. Um, it's like the biggest upset there's ever been. Do you, do you do you guys have any idea? You know, I'm sure you must, but I think obviously it's 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 still fresh, and like when we get a chance to probably like look back at it, and you know, I still haven't had a chance to to rewatch the game yet. I'm busy today, so I haven't had a chance. <laughs> um, so I think probably not, and I think like. You know the message to the players like before the game is like we, we, we've been right there with this team numerous times before like we've already spoken about so it's like when you're playing against them like we don't like admire them do you know what I mean like we don't mm. look up to them and think wow you guys are all so much better than us mm. we're standing toe to toe with you and um you know as soon as the ball goes up we're going to give it our best um but I think like obviously when you when you when you do look at it, I've seen a tweet uh, today actually about um could be one of the biggest sporting upsets in, in sport. I think it was uh, mm. the Russell, the, the Riders GM had said it. It might not just be basketball. Like, I think if, if you looked into it, and the mm. budget um, differential is absolutely massive. Um, obviously, we never, we're never we never going to find out exactly how much London are spending. But I know exactly how much we're spending. And I've heard that some players are earning more than that on their own. Yep. So... You know, it's 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 crazy when you think about it like that. And I'm not even talking about the big players. No. When, when yeah. I mentioned that figure, I'm, I'm talking about you know some of the guys who are probably fifth, sixth on the payroll. So, um, yeah, it's um, it probably hasn't sunk in yet, and I'm sure it will over time. But we've uh, we do appreciate, it and I think it's it's definitely probably one of the most special wins in my career, and 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 in a lot of people that were involved in the club's career as well. A phenomenal achievement, absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, my, my wife, bless her, she absolutely loved your sign-off when you were talking to Drew at the end when he asked if you had any advice for any other teams trying to achieve the same against you know, against the Goliath, against you know, against all odds, and just saying be brave was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, sometimes I get. Um too many words out and uh, you know I, I over speak but in those situations that's what you've got to do like you've got to believe in yourself you've got to know that all the work that you're putting behind the scenes is going to pay off and when when you know that you, you can be brave in those situations and you can double down on yourself like like what we did so you know have no regrets 
be brave like that's the best sort of advice I can ever give to anyone in those situations well I got the full support from uh, from our supporting contingent that was cheering you on from uh, from Centre Parks Longleat right let's have some we've got some questions if you don't if you don't mind answering a couple of questions no no that's fine Matt McQueen. Okay, should we ask this one? Matt McQueen would like to know. <laughs> this is in reference to your your post game. How many fans do Lions actually have? <laughs> um, I mean, look, I know, I know, Lions do have some fans, and like you know, they're selling out the copper box for games against Besiktas and stuff like that. So, you know, they must be doing something right. Um, but just for like context of how this all came about, mm. so before the game um to hear the, the commentator like got one of our fans on the screen on the mic and wait were you there Wayne so you'd have seen this probably when they yeah. they were interviewing our fans and they were just talking about stuff and our fans were going mental and Lisa the fan who they interviewed um like she like really got like all the fans like G'd up and like everyone was shouting and stuff by the time to hear walked off and then London done it with one of their fans and um he said, and we're all here. And they sort of like 20 to 30 people stood up. And I thought, how is how is the best team in the league not like brought loads of people with them to support them when, that you know, the people are traveling all around Europe and, you know, filling out the copper box. So um, it, it was probably a little bit harsh, but in, in context, like when you see like a mm. small club completely, you know, drowning out any noise that they were making like that that's where it came from and the atmosphere in there was was due to our team like because all the neutral all the neutrals supported london like that was clear to see um when to said you know who's in the who in the supporting cheshire we all made noise but like the far side of the arena basically didn't really stand up or cheer and then mm. he said who's supporting or who's here for lions or who wants lions to win you know everyone started clapping and stuff so you know a lot of that was those um Neutral, neutral people before the game. Obviously, we're we're, we're looking to support uh, Lions, but actual like die-hard fans that travel all around. There was very few of them there yesterday. Mm. Good answer, sir. So yeah. to answer your question, I actually don't know how many fans they have. <laughs> so they do have some, but I don't know. <laughs> Not as many as Cheshire. Let's put it that way. Uh, just think of it. Uh, oh, when Riders put up the final shot. Did, at any point, were you having flashbacks to last year? No, it's different circumstances. Um, the pass from the rebound on the on the uh, free throw, I think it was probably meant for Kimball McKenzie. And if he catches it like a, a clean oh, pass, yeah. like, there's no way we're stopping him getting down to the other end of the floor. Like he's probably going to even get to the to the basket. Um, so we were quite lucky when there was a little bit of a fumble and a couple of seconds were wasted. And then as soon as it was in Mirren Thomas's hands, there was probably only a second, a second and a half left. Mm. So we were confident at that point that it had taken a miracle for them to, to get a score. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say too worried. Obviously, there's always a chance of a shot going in. We have a question from a Lions fan, but he is a class Lions fan. Um, and the only reason he wasn't there at the final because he's in the Alps. Uh Ian wants to know, will Cheshire consider going into Europe next season in any of the competitions? Um, it's all down to, obviously, um, the financial backing mm. and being able to to, to, to do it. Um, I mean, you know, the likes of London and Caledonia who are in 
Euro Cup and obviously the Euro Cup respectively. Like mm. those competitions are eligible for you if you win something. So we would oh, have wow, the yeah. opportunity to go into a competition if we win, because now we've won something. But again, it's just about the money and the EMBL where um, Bristol and Newcastle are. Obviously, you just have to apply to get into that. But I don't know what like um, sort of parameters they put on it in terms of like what your venue has to be like. Um, and for us, obviously, playing out of Ellsmanport uh, Sports Village, it'd be tough to get midweek games because there's always other things on as well. So having control of your arena is 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 a massive thing when it comes to looking at Europe. So I don't think we're there yet, but you know, you just don't know what's around the corner. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Obviously, playing in Europe would be a, you know an, an honor and something that I think everyone would love. But right now, like we're just concentrating on being the best British basketball league team that we can be. I'd fancy your chances in the uh, ENBL, NEBL, ENBL. Which way around is it? Because one of them's an old one that they used E-N-B-L. to do. EN. So the NEBL yeah. was because the Bullets went in the e- one of them years ago. Um, yeah, Wayne's not in. He's old. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a question about your. What are your thoughts on the? Uh, home jersey I'm assuming that's your home jersey maybe the, I, I mean is that the white one that you wore in the final no our, our, home, our home jersey's black so oh, yeah, it all yeah. came about because last year we played in the um, the retro series and we had the black and red kit oh, and nice. it's just it was just so nice like, it's obviously one of my favourite kits growing up as like a fan they mm. had that one in there and they had the like the silver and red for the away kit um, and the black just like everyone loved it the players liked it the fans liked it so it's a case of why don't we try and, and, and do something this year with a black kit and um, yeah I mean it, nice. it, it's worked well I think it's really nice the colourway is good it, it stands out um, so yeah I mean uh, will we be in black again next year I don't know we may go back to blue but um, we'll we'll see it's, it's nice for this year do the throwback colours I really enjoyed the uh, the jet wash uniform. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, we we obviously like have the kits around like the the club and stuff. Like the shorts are always lying around, and Ulf oh. wears his shorts. And I, the kit the kit is nice. Like I think if we if if we have a choice, obviously we we may look to go back with that design because it is it it was nice. Just make me think of James Hamilton choke slamming. I forget who it was now under the basket. Oh, I've actually got, I've actually got like a little one little bone to pick with with all of you anyway. Oh, go on! Oh no! I can't believe when you, I can't believe when you've done the um your fancy draft thing. You know when you you chose players from all different eras and stuff. Oh yes, yeah. How how no one chose Piero Cameron from, from the Jets days? We didn't, did we? Was it? I'm, we were, I'm too young. Football. I didn't see. I don't remember seeing him play. I do. He's very good. I, I do. I, I, was, I believe. Uh, he was very good. I, I, I believe that he's the only BBL player, and I'll say BBL because he was a BBL player, but then it was in British Basketball League. Um, he's the only BBL, BBL player actually in the FIBA Hall of Fame. Like he's not just in the BBL Hall of Fame; he's in the FIBA Hall of Fame. Yes, you're so right. basically, like, Ben, you're saying was... we fucked it. Yeah, definitely. Someone, <laughs> someone missed out on. It's on me. One it's of me. The I best took players that ever played here. I took James Hamilton. I probably should have taken, but that was because he was at Worthing. I was a bit biased on that. That's a really good point because he, um, having watched him at the Granby Halls with that Chester team, he was really, really good. 
He really shot the three good. before centers shot the three. Yeah, he was, he was huge. He was like six foot seven, but he was he was almost as wide as Billy Singleton. But yeah, definitely, it was like it was proper like built. He was built like a rugby player. Um, one of his best friends actually lives in Port now. Who who came over with him from from New Zealand, nice. and he has a family here now and everything. And he used to be a professional rugby player, so they they grew up playing together basketball and rugby. Um, but he was massive. Um, played like the four or the five, depending on who who was on the floor with him. Um. But huge guy, like, and honestly, like they say, he shot the ball really well. But I also, I always remember how easily he could throw a chest pass full court, like, and how quick it was. He was just, yeah. Mm. He was are built different, aren't they? Also, for a big guy, he played some minutes as well, didn't he? Yeah. He logged some minutes. All the Jets, all the Jets players did back then. They did, yeah. Yeah. One guard and four, three forwards and a big guy in the middle. Yeah. John McCourt, what a player. Um, who have you got a five, a BBL five, like we put together? But obviously you've got no restraints. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, mine would all be Cheshire players or Chester players back in the day. Uh, um, obviously, like we've got a great team this year, but mm. one that stands out for me is Parker Jackson Cartwright, and I know oh, obviously yeah. he doesn't he doesn't fit the three year rule that you had, but. I still think he's probably the best player to ever play in the league in the last 10 years. He was close. Um, and his his career has gone on to show that as well, winning MVP in, you know, second division France, MVP in the German BBL, going to a Euro League team. And then he actually played for Besiktas last year as well. And this year, like, he's he's doing an unbelievable job. They were talking um, about yeah, for MVP New this year as well. New Zealand breakers, yeah. And, I mean, he's playing with... Um, is it Anthony Lamb that was at Golden State Warriors? Oh, okay. Like his stats are better than him, basically yeah. on the same team. So like he's he's right there, and he, he played against two NBA teams in in, um, in preseason this year, and he averaged twenty points in the NBA against class. two NBA teams. So class. he he's class. So I'll probably put PJC in there at the one. You can have him. Um, yeah, you can have anyone you like, mate. You're a trophy winner. <laughs> John McCord definitely at the two. Oh, I love it. Uh, oh, sorry, I'll play to put John McCord at the three. Yeah. Um, I'll go Piero at the four. Lauren Meyer at the five. Oh, he was great. And Kenny Gregory. I was just oh, going to say you've got what a Kenny Gregory in there. He was class. Yeah. He was unstoppable. You can have that. They're yours. We'll get them out there. For everyone to see. My last you... question is for you though, Ben. Oh, the All Star game this year. Who's your North? I don't care about your South Five. Who's your North Five? Mm. One from five, each team. Five Cheshire players. No, no. <laughs> We've already decided that'll be our team of the week this year. This week. We've, oh, that's without already, a doubt. That's already locked in. But who's your? Five? If you could, maybe, okay. Don't need to do five from. Who would be your North team? I'd go. I'd go Clifton Moore from Cardonia. Yeah. Um, he's the type of person that you want in an all-star game. You know, he's so athletic. Like, you know, the amount of lobs that he can probably get in that in that game will be huge. Uh Sheffield. Tough one. Um It's not a diss, Grant. I see you laughing. No, it's not a diss. I know you guys dissed it a bit, but um maybe Surely Pepkins. I mean, he's a highlight player. Yeah, he's, he's, de- he's, de- he's definitely a highlight player. So, like, 
Pipkins is like maybe the obvious choice. Um, I mean, yeah, for an all star game, let's put him in there just because you know you're going to get some good dunks in, in, in transition and stuff like that. Um, Newcastle, I mean, I love, I love, love Larry, um, obviously. Yeah, um, I'd probably say that again for an all star game, you'd probably put Taj Green in there just because mm-hmm. you know you're going to get some dunks and stuff like that. Um, Manchester. Who would put him for Manchester? Um, I mean, maybe Nick Lewis, just because like he'll shoot the ball so much. Um, you know, again, like also game you want threes and dunks, so probably him. And then over Jamal. Us, yeah, just because I've got Taj Green and and uh, yes, of course. just trying to do yeah, a little keep bit it to the rules. Yeah, yeah, more positional based. And then from us, at God, Greg Wild, why not? Yeah, that's what that's what uh, adds to, wouldn't it? Love it. Fantastic stuff. Everybody in the Discord basically as well wishes uh, your congratulate. You know, gives you congratulations. A great weekend. Um, and everybody really enjoys the rivalry that you guys have got with with Caledonia. Do you guys feel it as much as we kind of have see it and, and talk about it? You guys um, talk about it more than me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, a little bit. Um, obviously, probably more this year than any anything else. Obviously, we're losing the trophy to them. But then when the documentary came out and um, Sean yeah, yeah. Skelly and Daryl Woods' comments about us, I thought, that's just like cheap blows. Like I've never like been out there and said, you're an arsehole to anyone else. In the in the league, so for them to sort of like, what was it, dickheads? Was it? It was dickheads, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> it's I, a term of endearment up here. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine actually. Lost in um, translation. Yeah. <laughs> so we we asked them about it at, at the first time up at Placeball. Like I sat down with Daryl, I sat down with Gareth, and I just said like, what what was it all about? And um, they said they 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 made you know they the, the, they dramatized it a little bit. They you know hours of film and they, they grab just one word from it and I can I, I can understand that um, but I think it's just two teams who are both who have both been improving over the last few years as well like obviously like you know since Gareth's been there had a couple of rough years first couple of years coaching with limited budgets and stuff like that obviously um, with Stephen Allison's uh, investment like that's obviously helped them become more competitive on the floor and I think us we haven't been fortunate to have that sort of investment but we've obviously been growing as a club off the floor in terms of mm. like our fans and just trying to get the best players we can obviously ex- my experience every year is is getting better and hopefully my judgments from that experience are getting better in terms of bringing certain types of playing and, and and coaching a certain way so I think it's probably just that that you're seeing two teams both on the rise at the same time in terms of how competitive they are and you know it, it turns out to be to make good basketball mm. Well, one one of your recent rivals in terms of teams has been Manchester Giants, and yet one of your biggest fans—he's not here. He's not. I don't. No one's heard from him this evening. His ads, and he's obviously a Giants guy, and he just he makes the excuse to come over to Cheshire as much as he can and watch you guys play because uh, the teams that you put together are always exciting. Like you've already mentioned, PJC. Uh, he was a huge fan of. Oh man, I can't remember his name now. You had a you had an American. I think it was a four. 
I can't think of two, three seasons ago. It might have been the same season as BJC. I mean, you might have had him for a couple of seasons. I can't remember Jaylen, his name. Jalen Hayes. Yes, Jalen Hayes. He was a huge fan of Jalen Hayes. Yeah. You guys, of course, uh, you guys watched CJ get to the league first round, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah first time we came, yeah. Um, right. Absolutely phenomenal recruitment, and it has been. And he, to his credit, adds, well, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. He backs you every time. We question stuff too much sometimes. There's always a lot of unknown when it comes to the guys you, you bring in sometimes. And they always perform the same, do the same thing. And we need to start giving you more credit for that, 100%, because it's fantastic job. And you guys, the thing with you guys that we add, like, oh, hello. Could be good timing. The thing you guys do, <laughs> the thing you guys, here he comes. The thing you guys have done of late is you're when it comes to a cup or knockout competition or trophy competition, you put yourselves in that situation where it's like, well, Cheshire, isn't it? There's, they could take it. Yeah. I mean, there he is. Um, ears must've been burning. Adam, we've just been speaking he, about you. Even, even though I didn't realize we, I was society going, are they actually going to do this or not? And I've been missing the party. <laughs> yeah, almost, hour almost at the end. Hour and 15 minutes late. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, well, can I just get something in straight away then? Go on, Ads. Coach, congratulations. Yeah. It was it was majestic. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. As you were. <laughs> well, um, we were just so, talking about you. Yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> so, Bob, obviously, yeah, we, we put ourselves in, in good positions, obviously, in these competitions, especially recently. I've actually just done an interview before coming on this podcast, and I was saying the same sort of thing. Like, we, we're going to find... And it's tough to compete with Lions over this, the course of the league because they're so deep. So if they have a couple of injuries and players are out for four or five weeks, they can cover that and, you know, they can win games that they're probably not supposed to and stuff like that. Whereas us, like if we have two or three guys out in like a really busy period, we just don't have the numbers there to sort of, you know, cover it. Whereas in the short competitions like the Trophy and the Cup, it doesn't really matter how deep your team is. As long as you can field enough players, um, you know, to get through a game, you give yourselves a chance because it's it, it's win or go home or win and move on, whatever way you want to look at it. So, um, you know, we've, 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 we've missed, obviously, Ethan, obviously, this weekend. Yeah. But we knew it was only two games and we knew that we had guys that could step up for, for this short spell. That's my man. I'll go on, sorry. sorry. You were talking about Adam being a massive fan of, of yeah. the secret Cheshire Phoenix fan. Like I hear it, obviously, Adam. I told these guys that I do listen to the show, so I hear your support. Um, we were in stitches one day, though. It was early on in the season when you were talking about Ulf, and I know you really like Ulf. And yeah. I think you said he was six foot ten. So since the six foot ten comment, I think Ulf listens to the show as well because I said you're not going <laughs> to believe how, how how tall I didn't think you are. I was like, what is he? What's six, he listed at? Six, is he really six seven? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because Ulf's one of those people that... I thought he was huge. Yeah, he looks huge. <laughs> when you stood next to him, he's he's huge. So he's yeah, actually no, he's... only... A, he's a mere six, seven... Ulfie. That, yeah. Sorry, Ulfie. You're back to being a midget in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's a really weird one. I mean, Ben, you've been around this game a heck of a long time. And, um, you know, the, there's this sort of weird sort of modern rivalry between Giants and, and, and the Phoenix, um, which I just don't really buy into because I've always had a soft spot for Chester Jets um, and I've got a soft spot for Cheshire. I just, 
I just like the way your club does things. You you you, you always come out there with these amazing rosters that just come out of nowhere. You land these incredible players like every year. You, you know, you, you you pick somebody up on the on the quiet. You know what I mean? And um, you just do what you do. And I just long may that continue for for you, man. I mean, it's just it's great and. I also love that you've got a couple of Magic alumni in there as well this year. It was great seeing uh, Greg Greg Wilde going off the other night. Yeah, no, we, we've we've already had a little bit of a conversation about Greg. Like, yeah, Come on, Sai, here waiting to join the freaking cast, and then there's no link coming through, and then I just noticed it and was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate all your comments. Like, obviously, like the recruitment is something that we do definitely take pride in. Um, and I think the way we look at it is like if we try and recruit the same as London, if we try and recruit the same as Caledonia now who have got a much bigger budget than us, we're never going to do well because they're going to get the better version of that person. Mm. Whereas us, like if we look for guys under the radar, if we look for guys that probably have um, deficiencies in their game, then if we do the right things and we bring the right team in, then yeah, we can definitely compete with them. So no, I appreciate your comments, but oh, yeah. recruitment is definitely something that we put a lot of effort in. I always wanted to ask you, are you looking into the same part as everybody else? Or have you got, you know, I never know this about clubs. Does everybody kind of look in the same part? Or are you all kind of, it's like every man for himself and you've sort of found this little way of of, of finding these, these hidden gems? I mean... Obviously, like we all speak to the same agent, so we all get sent the same list of players and stuff like that. Um, I know Caledonia; they they have uh, a scout. Is it scoutery? Is that who they use now? Is that what it's called? Yeah. So they they probably do things a little bit differently as well. They find the player and then find the player's agent and then speak to speak to him. I, I remember listening to a Steve Timoney. Um, was it a Gladcast podcast? It's okay, I'm sure everyone should listen to it. It's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> um, the um, that they start doing it that way, so finding the players and then speaking to the agents. And I think that that's what we've been doing as well over the last couple of seasons where we're not really focused on what agents are sending us. We want to find the players first and then go that way. And we have like real specific rules in terms of um, who we're looking for. So like what type of player we're looking for. So if we're looking at God and we're looking for someone who, who gets down... Uh, downhill a lot and gets to the basket we're looking specifically at one percentage which is his his percentage at the rim we're not looking at his overall field goal percentage or his three-point percentage which are the highlights we're looking at specific stats mm. and tom tom our performance analyst like his his database is unbelievable the way he looks into information is unbelievable and a lot of credit has to go to to him as well in finding these guys and, and these little hidden gems that we talked about I mean, it was like uh, a couple of years ago when you when you signed Parker Jackson Cartwright. Um, my eyes nearly burst out of my head because I've just watched that documentary that you was yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix, and I'm like, hang on a minute, that's that. And when I cross reference, I was like, yeah, it's him. And and he was he was just outstanding. I mean, for guys like that, did you kind of get him in knowing you'd probably only get the one year or? Were you kind of hoping to retain him, and then obviously Laurie Aston Junior was a was a was a was a great one. Phenomenal. Um, 
Yeah, both 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 those guys that you said, Larry and, and and PJC, both you know unbelievable people as well. Got a lot of time from them for them. Um, with Parker, what what actually happened? That was that was before I was working with Tom. So that was back when agents would send you lists. You'd, you'd go through all the names and stuff like that. And Parker was on on a list um, for, from an agent once, and I was looking at stats, thinking, why is he sending me this guy? And then I clicked onto his his like profile. And he'd never played in his first year out of college. So he signed for um, the Westchester Knicks in the G League. That's right. But had um had like a real like shin splints in his shins. Mm. So he couldn't run and basically sat out the whole year. I think he played four minutes in total in his rookie year out of college. Wow. Um after playing obviously at Arizona. So like when I got on the phone to him, I was like, look, like obviously your first year out of college has probably not gone anywhere where you where you thought it would or anywhere anything like that mm. um, and I can give you I can give you the big opportunity and I think as soon as he heard that and he believed what I was saying like it was it was almost a done deal straight away on the phone like we we, we both hit yeah. it off and obviously when he came over and you know his first couple of practices were just unbelievable never met anyone like who can move so quickly and think so like precisely yeah. at the same time and that's what that's what separates him from you know um, most people and like that's why he's gone on to doing what he's doing in his career mm. and and making the sort of money that he's doing is because he's such a high IQ player at high speed and it doesn't matter if you're six foot two or five foot nine like he is and that's a push five foot nine you know mm. he he yeah. is unbelievable at that that position because I mean I would I, um, I I I had a chat with him before before a game up here. You know, just kind of like, listen, man, I knew about you before you came here, and mm. I just kept thinking to myself, this guy's tiny. Hmm. You, you yeah. know, it, it's like obviously I've I've overcut it with Alfie there, I, I, <laughs> size, but but this guy was 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 tiny. Um, but then when you see him playing, it's like, whoa, you know, he he was special for sure. So yeah, I always wanted to ask you how you ended up picking him up. Yeah, no, that, like I say, that was just due to his bad start of his career. He was then available to us in terms of how much we could offer to pay him and stuff like that. Um, but you know, definitely one of the best signings probably that we've ever made. Um, and you know, in terms of a, a basketball player, but as a person as well, like he's he is unbelievable. Like as a as a guy, so we caught up with him last year or two years ago in Vegas. Wow, um, cool. He he was out there with his with with his family just watching the games, and we bumped into him. So that was nice seeing him there. Cool. Um, I was going to ask, time, yeah, if his, if his dad was still kind of his dad was heavily involved with his career in terms of the Netflix thing. I didn't know if he was still like yeah. his agent or whatever. He he was, but his dad actually passed away a couple no, of years ago. Really? Yeah, really oh, young. Man. Yeah, his dad his dad passed oh. away. Um, and up until that point, yeah, like he he was massive, like in in yeah. his career and and his brother. So Parker's got a brother called Miles. He doesn't play anymore. He works for Adidas. Um, but he was massive, massive in both their in their careers and getting them to where they got to. Very yeah. cool. And very. Ads, just very quickly as well, because I don't think I don't I don't think you know this, and you always bang on about Magic alumni. I'm also a Magic alumni, you know. I played for Magic. I knew this. I was I was captain for Manchester Magic under 18s. Yeah. Get out of it. Who was your coach? It was when Samit was there. Right. So when we talked about 2007, 2008. Early days then. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's um, another thing that I've, it's it's one of the things I've so um, <laughs> when I bumped into you, when I bump into you, I meant I mean to ask you, you know what I mean. So next time I yeah. bump into you, I say, yeah, I've got a question for you. So right, <laughs> you okay. can do. That's interesting. Yeah, my banner, my, my our banners are still up there that we won with because we won we won three titles in under 18s twice two in one year and one the yeah. year after. We, still... went on, we went unbeaten in our first year there with Summit. Nice. Do you still do you still um, watch what you can? You know, like with final fours and under eighteen tournaments. Do you ever catch any of that stuff? I know. I, mean, I, know I wish I, I wish I, I, I wish I could. Um, obviously, like the the Division One final was on last week, and um, I'd have loved to have been it. Or well, not Division One. It was obviously the uh, National Cup, wasn't National it, Cup, with yeah, Reading yeah. and Milton Keynes. Like I'd I'd have loved to have been in there and watched that and like you know supported British basketball, but mm. most of the finals, especially at like the junior finals, are on a Sunday and that's when our game is. Yeah, so exactly. we just yeah, can't. Yeah. I can never, I can never really get a chance. Um, to obviously the the Cheshire Phoenix, we have our own junior program here, mm. and again, it's like whenever we have a free weekend, like I love to go down and watch you know some of the basketball yeah, there. So yeah, I was yeah, at the under fourteens yeah. game the other week against. Um, who are they playing the other weeks? Shrewsbury or somewhere, someone like that. Right. And it was just mm. enjoyable to be there in the crowd and just be able to, you know, just watch some basketball. Mm. I mean, it's it's just like with the, with the uh, the magic guys and everything. It's just obviously, you know, I'm, as you can see, I've just going from practice before not being on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so obviously, the club's you know a pretty big part of my life. But it's always great when you see guys like Greg that you've watched for years from when they were kids. You know, then he went and spent some time over in uh, in Leicester, and then he had a season here. But to see the guys getting into BBL squads and and doing what he did the other day, it's like um, Jack Hudson. You know, um, what a, what a great part of the team he's been for you. You know, mm-hmm. he's uh, yeah. him and Ulford, one of the best one-two punches there is. I mean, those two know each other inside out. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I really yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, like when I was at, at Magic, like we were the best team in, in in the country, junior team in the country. Um, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about the whole club. Like they were in every final fours when it used oh, to be God, at Cos. Yeah. When it used to be at Cosford, it was you know every single game there'd be a Manchester Magic team there. Um, yeah. and sometimes they all, all they had like the Manchester because you had whatever age group you're in, you'd always play up. So if you're under That's under sixteens, right. you'd play in the under eighteens, and sometimes oh, yeah. the under sixteens would be in the under 18s final fours and stuff like that. Yeah. So no, I agree. Like the, that that program, like under Maggie and Joe, like it has produced probably some of the best players in the country over the years. Mm. So you know, I, I love to see it, and I, you know, I really like to see now that you know, because there was a spell where Magic and Mystics they both sort of like weren't up there. I think you know when all the um the um. What's the word? I'm looking. The academy team started taking off, and players yeah, yeah. started to move. So, like Greg left and went to Charmwood, and people then go from right, there yeah. to, to the one in Preston and stuff. Like there was a dip, but like recently, you see Manchester again. Yeah, Manchester again are in every, um, you know, it seems to be like every final fours, and that's great to see. That's Obviously, it, yeah. North Northwest team, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for them. Because who, what kind of players were you on your team then? Any guys that have gone on to go, go on to stuff because that, that was a pretty good era. That yeah. So, so 
this the, the starting so so my first year there that was our our better year. Um, we had the likes of like Ben Daniels there, so um, they're related to like Dan Clark and stuff like that. Oh wow! Um, he he went to Houston Baptist College in America, but um, he he couldn't continue his career. He still lives out there, like and stuff. Um, Jamie Glenn, he was another England player at the time. Like he's now up in Newcastle. He played at Newcastle Eagles for a couple of years. Mm. Um, Would the Joneses have been on the other We team? had a god. Pardon? Would Callum and James Jones been on? No, no, team? they 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 were a little bit older than me. Okay. Um, so they they were a few years before. The most local lad from from Manchester who you might know is Josh Horton, who's oh, played for yeah. the, the Division Two side. Yeah, like he was. Josh. Yeah, yeah, you know, he like growing up, like he was the best shooter in in England. Like hey, played the ninety one England teams. You know what? I've name checked Josh on this on this show because that guy, like you just said, he's one of the best shooters you'll you'll ever see. And when that guy gets hot, he's yeah. unstoppable. He was playing for the Lancashire Spinners a couple of years ago, and he he he'd have those games where he just wouldn't miss anything, and he yeah. was always entertaining because he took the best trash. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? He's like this old school trash circuit. He'd usually end up in a fight, by the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> unfortunately, he's 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 one of my best friends, so yeah. I still I still speak to him to this day. Yeah, he's a dude. And I know exactly Total what you're dude. talking about. Total dude. Who's who's the big trash talker on? I mean, we talked about Skylar White earlier being the kind of catalyst at times, but you and you having a team full of full of guys that can do that. But who's the biggest trash talker? Even if it's just in training. Um We've got a couple actually. Like La Quincy, like loves it. Like he speaks to everyone the whole time. Like when he's on the floor, I love um, the fact he went at Kyle Johnston the last time we played him. Like you couldn't get a more well-mannered guy in Kyle Johnston yeah. at times. And it, La it, Quincy it, it, was it, in on him. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who it is. Like he will. <laughs> he will talk it. Um, the funniest one for me though is is Cam Holden. Like oh, he really? does it in like a really funny way. So I don't know if if anyone noticed like. He shot the three on the um, semi-final against Leicester and Kimball McKenzie got under him and fouled him. He made the three. And, and as he's walking past, he just taps uh, McKenzie's head and said it was like a lucky eight ball. So that's why he'd done it. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I see LaQuincy talking <laughs> yesterday, though, and, uh, yeah, it was buzz. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to put you in a position here, Ben, but I don't know if the rest of you have seen, but I've been irritating Lions fans all day on Twitter as well. That's been amusing. I've not seen you. I, I genuinely haven't seen that. Yeah, it's you. I will check noticed, it out. It? I, I noticed you talking to some guy who said it was classless and classless. all that, whatever. Yeah, Started you... to demean the trophy as well. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Off yeah. And, I, and I was just like, right, okay, let's talk about classless then. So, yeah. yeah. I, I... I think um, I think I was probably like a bit hot. I did say this. I think I was a bit harsh in zero fans, but I think there was like a lot of context yeah. behind yeah. it though as well. Like, but if you were there, you'd have seen like there was a lot of people there supporting Lions, and a lot of the neutrals wanted Lions to win as well. But when you saw like our fan section, like how you know the, we had the most fans there by any team, yeah. probably probably followed by Leicester. Like you know, it, it just felt. That it was so one-sided, especially late in the game when we we obviously had our run. Like there was literally just all the atmosphere was coming from that one section. So mm, yeah. that's that's why I said it. But um, yeah, the, but you say, our, you know our, our fans were unrivaled. Hey, you know what though, Ben? Mm. When you're buzzing like that, you're on a high. You, you know, you say stuff, and you know, I personally laughed my head off when I was, when you know what I mean. Everyone, I like, yeah, we were all yeah, we were loving that, and. Um, yeah. 
you know, show, 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 show me a coach or a player that in a post game hasn't been that psyched. They just, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, like I say, I mean, like I say, it's, it's harsh. I don't regret saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, it's it's definitely created some good content and stuff. Um, mm. But it, it, maybe I, I should have said, you know, they've only got a couple of fans over there or something. But <laughs> it's um, it still would have been, it would have had the same effect. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is what it is. Like you say, I mean, here at the moment we've just won probably one of the biggest games, you know, on, on these shores I've ever seen. So, you know, forgive me if if you if you must, but I think it's. As one man, yeah. Do you? I mean, I rank this as the biggest upset we've ever had in the BBL. You've been around as longer than I have, to be honest. Following this game, you got the same opinion of that? Yeah, it's huge. It's it's massive. Um, you, you know, any team that can overhaul the Lions in a final with their buying power, you know, the players that they've got, they've put a shift in. You know, and mm. the, the reason that it makes it even sweeter that, that Cheshire have done it is that you do what you do on the resources you've got. You know, it's 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 incredible. So from that point of view, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, I'll be honest with you, whoever had been in that final against London, I was rooting for. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was, it was like, you know, let's do it. But the fact that you didn't just win the game, you, you you won it stylishly. You know what I mean? It was like, you know those games where you're going, Lions will get back into this. They'll just get back into it. But it just felt like you kind of had them. Even when it got close, it was like, I think they're going to be okay. And then with two minutes to go, and the commentators were still trying to sort of convince themselves that there was a way back into it. I was like, they've got them, they've got them locked here. This is done. This game is done. So... You know, I think it. I think it's really up there. Perhaps I mean, you know, mm. you say I've been around long. You know, you and me probably started at the same time watching it, and you know, certainly we've never seen it where there's been that much of a difference financially no, between the, teams as there is now. The closest probably for me would be Sunderland beating Kingston. The only piece of silverware Kingston lost in three years. Sunderland knocked them out in the semis. That's probably the closest I can. Think and Sunderland were like the second best team in the country, and it was still a massive upset because Kingston had the better resources, but they didn't have anywhere near, anywhere near the resources. Mm. And with all due respect, Cheshire, what are you guys for? Are you four in that? You're looking like you're going to finish top four, definitely. Uh, you're likely we're to third win the, at the moment. Third at the moment. There you go. You're likely to to top the uh, BTR Championship table at the end of the season as well. So. Keep that up. There could be a, a golf trophy heading your way. trophy on the way. <laughs> so, in terms of playoffs and league stuff, then it's massive. It's where's, massive. Where's good for Cheshire to finish in terms of not playing London or oh, meeting them in the final? Oh, me. So it's top that, four. That's, second, that's second, happen, second, or, second or third is mm. um is the only place that you can finish and then not play London because if you're second or third, you'd play. Sixth or seventh first round, let's say the top four won, then second and third would then play each other in the second round, mm. and then the third round is obviously the finals. So yeah. if you finish top four, if, if you finish fourth and get through the first round, but so do London, you if can... you're the lowest seeded mm. team in there, you'd play London in the semi finals. So, like yeah. to avoid London over a three game series, it's got to be second or third. That's where I think everyone else will be aiming for. 
Ben, you you liking the new the change this season to the playoffs, the best of series idea? Instead of a King um, four. Yes and no. I mean, um, logistics, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 the aggregate the aggregate score thing has never really bothered me as much as it's bothered other people. Um, you know, it's it's hurt us in the past and it's it's helped us in the past. Obviously, um, you know, there's, we've had some really big results like the 2018 Cup run when we went down to London after I think we were 13 or 14 down and end up winning by 15 or 16. Mm. Like there is excitement in it as well, but I think just obviously because of like the NBA and, and you know some of the leagues in Europe have these like five or seven game series, I think that's like normalised what basketball should be like mm. um so you know i mean i'm looking forward to it i think obviously it's good i think obviously like the logistics are um will will be difficult at the time i've seen like the sort of proposed dates for like the games and stuff like that so it's like for the first week is like tuesday friday sunday and then the second week it's like thursday sunday tuesday or something like that mm. so like the, the the dates like are obviously going to be hard because it's going to be a lot of traveling and it's going to like really like interfere with teams sort of like practice schedules and planning and stuff like that. Um, but you know until we get there like and, and try it out like we just don't know. I mean, mm. you could have said to us at the start of January, July, the trophy competition being this way, and I thought and I don't think anyone could have predicted how much would have been on the line going into the Newcastle Leicester game or oh, yeah. you know, going into. We always going down to Surrey, and the winner of that is going to top the group. And if Surrey didn't win, they were going to be out of the, you know, out of the chances of getting in. It's like there was a lot of excitement in those games, even in the pool stages, and then obviously the final fours was 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 a you know good success as well. You know, two big semi finals on the Saturday, and then you know a, a great a great fat, uh, main final on the on the Sunday. Were the team were the team tired after Saturday? Was it was it tough to, doing a bat to bat like that? I mean, we, we do we do have back to backs anyway. Um, mm. You know, we had Harsh we had a back to back. Well. We had a back to back the weekend before against obviously Surrey and Sheffield. So like, it's not anything new to the players. The one thing that I'd say that sort of like levels the playing field is there's no travel mm. because obviously we're staying in Birmingham. It's a case of we finish the game straight back to the hotel. Players can chill, do what they need to do. If they need to get a massage and stuff like that, they can they can have those. Um, and then it's just a case of we wake up the next morning, we're not rushing to get on the bus to drive somewhere or whatever. It's, again, just take your time and, and settle into it. So in terms of back-to-backs, it's probably as easy as it's going to get because you, you're taking the travel out of it. But it's um, it's definitely tough on the bodies and the players definitely um, gave it the role. So I'll I let them have tomorrow off as well. So we've got we've got two days off this week, which is nice. Did that for you... yourself as well, Ben? Ben, well done. <laughs> yeah, I deserve. I deserve it. <laughs> did you guys have? Did you all stay in the same hotel? Was it was it taken care of by the BBL? Or did you still have to sort of sort out your own? No, no. Uh, the, the, the the teams are. It's up to the teams to to choose where they want to stay. Do you know where London stayed? No, I know. I know they stay in like a, a Crown Plaza, like when they come up here. So I don't <clears> know if they've got like a deal with them. So maybe I don't know somewhere mm. like that. Where did you guys stay? Uh, we've got a, we've got a sponsor, so we used oh. one of our sponsor hotels to do it. So uh, Moxie, big shout out to them! Like they were they were Great really show. good. Great, nice. um, they um, they they're really good. They've actually just built in a, a, a hotel right next to the pavilions. So we, we want to try and see if we can stay there when we come down to Plymouth next time. Do it. We'll we'll seek you out. That'd be great. 
<laughs> I want to come and talk to you now. By the way, when you come down to pavilions, I'm, I'm... feel free. I had, a, I had a chat. I had a chat with Nicholson last time I was down there, and uh, yeah. like, is it end of the season last year? Oh um, yeah, boring. Because I see he'd been on that. Like... <laughs> Poor old Nicholson. Yeah. He said uh, he he put a post up of like this uh, like trainer place down there that's not, not down by the uh, harbour on his Instagram. Oh, yeah. So I actually went and checked it out as well. If you play us on a Wednesday, will you come out for Wing Wednesday? We are playing on a Wednesday. Oh mate, you're gonna you gotta come out with me and Nicholson for Wing Wednesday. We are play, we are playing on a Wednesday. Um I mean the only the only problem is the game's probably gonna be at like seven or eight o'clock. Oh yeah, of course. But uh... If Wing Wednesday's open if, if Wing Wednesday's open till late, then yeah, count me in, I'll come with you. That'd be awesome. Get that sorted out. <laughs> do five trades before tip off if you if you're worried about it being late. <laughs> It's got to be after the game. I can't do it before. I'll be asleep on the bench. Oh, this is awesome. Do you know what? It's, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of British. You've, you've already sp- spoken about the, you know, the British influence on your roster. Having a British coach lifting, this is not, a, a, you know, it's not necessarily an uncommon thing, but having a British coach lift it, um, especially with this, the influx of, of the overseas coaches and players, etc., is something that's, Probably understated. I don't know if that's even been mentioned as such on broadcast, but that is a phenomenal achievement in itself. Um, yeah, just I think we'll, we're going to start to wrap it up a bit and let you go so that we can talk some bollocks after you've gone, as we normally do. Um, I did. I, well, I'm interested as well if you've because obviously the Hall of Fame is they're adding one coach and one player. Have you got any favourites in mind for 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 being slotted into that first uh, first? What do you call it? Draft? I think obviously like of hearing you guys talk about was it last week or the week before and you're saying like it's probably too hard to sort of like just like Dude. pull everyone together because Crazy. obviously there's, there's players from like back in the day when you guys were watching like in the early 90s and stuff that I don't even know about. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, mm. I, I was I was a, a, a small child back then. So obviously, um, but like, Mine obviously would obviously be like Chester Jets players back in the day, and I, if I had to choose, obviously it's you know you're gonna be put look up when uh, Piro Cameron in there, mm. um, John McCord was unbelievable, James mm. Hamlin was unbelievable for this club for many years, Billy Singleton um, w- w- was huge, and then I think like in terms of coaches, like obviously like now um, being involved with it, I think like you, my respect for like Fab when he was at Newcastle, yeah, like was unbelievable like being a player coach as well and like how successful he was like that 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 guy deserves a lot and obviously because he's not in the league anymore I know he's not retired as such but if that sort of helps the Hall of Fame thing that way mm-hmm. um, you know he was he was unbelievable for Newcastle for a long time well there you go fellas you got anything you want to you guys want to say just uh, in passing Bob's at Philly now you know yeah yeah I went with Nick Nurse to Philly. He's he's got a, a clear path. Yeah, no, I, I know. He, I know he's still. I know he's still coaching. Um, like back room. Like I don't know if he's like player development or film yeah, now or something like that. I can't remember. Like that. He's. Um, yeah. He's he was. At, he was at Toronto as well with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like a second row assistant coach. He's obviously. moving forwards. Certainly moving up. Yeah, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, fellas, anything to say before we let uh, this 
giant killing trophy winning legend go to bed and get some rest well listen man it's just it's in the books now you know what i mean and it'll always be in the books that you know little old cheshire overturned the mighty london lions in a trophy final and yeah it's like pab said before it's not something to be sniffed at it's big it's it's really big and uh to do it you know like with you as the coach and the british guys that you've got buzzing buzzing for you man i appreciate it i really appreciate it so it's definitely something that we'll, that we'll remember forever and obviously take a lot of pride in for for, for a very long time i think it was just you saw it for across the whole weekend about how together your squad was and that Leicester game was a phenomenal game to watch and what a win it must have been. But then to take that momentum into the second day was spectacular and to kind of slay the lion, the lions the way you guys did for the full 40 minutes was uh, very impressive. And you've, I suppose every coach probably said, oh, I would maybe tinker my recruitment a wee bit, but you've totally nailed it this year with what how you want your guys to play. And it's, yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, it's huge. Like recruit, like we can't get away from like recruitment is probably like the biggest part of like building a team because you've got to get it right. I mean, obviously, you look at some teams this year that have made changes and stuff. Some for the better, some for the worse. Um, and it is it it can be hard, but I also think like a lot of credit has to go to the club. Like, you know, the, the directors, you know, James Bryce is the general manager. Like, creates with over the last five six years, we've created an environment that players are comfortable here as well. You know, the relationship with the fans is unbelievable. And a lot of credit has to obviously go, like I say, to, to, to James, the general manager, who does a great job and doesn't get a chance to win, you know, coach of the month or general manager of the month or anything like that. But, you know, he's he's just as important to the club as as mm. I am. And we've been, we've, we've been friends for all our lives. We're the same age, went to the same high school, grew up together. And, um, you know, we're, we're now doing this together as well and it's it's you know it's it's a great pleasure to like you say grant like have that sort of bond and that the, the, the players buy into it why my man yeah i can only uh, echo what everyone else has said it's it's a magnificent achievement fair play to you all and uh enjoy the moment really enjoy the moment because you deserve to i appreciate it thank you very much well there you are obviously congratulations you've made a lot of people in Cheshire but not just that a lot of people around the country that follow this game incredibly happy um, biggest upset I've ever witnessed and like you say I, I think I don't think that's restricted to, to basketball in this country I think that is just one of the biggest upsets we've we've ever seen in any sport and congratulations can't say any more than that. I'm almost speechless at that point. But yeah. and thank you very much for, for coming on as well. We really appreciate you giving your time, especially you know, it's this soon after after the final. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. At all a pleasure. And like you know, just from me to you guys, like just keep it up. Like I know, obviously, it's hard like putting content out there as much as you can. But there are a lot of people who who, who do listen, and I enjoy listening to it. Um, obviously, there's a few other podcasts around um, that that I like listening to as well. But just keep up the good work, and you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's um, it means a lot to a lot of people. Oh, we appreciate, it, coach. Cheers. Thank you very much, sir. 
Well, there he what is. There dude. he was. Yeah, what a dude indeed. What a fucking dude. Um, incredible. That's something that uh, I think is going to be spoken of for a long time to come. Um, we've got a few things we're gonna we're gonna try and rattle through now because it's what is it half ten nearly? That was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, first of all, I think we've covered everything we need to in terms of the trophy. Uh, with one exception, we've we did our trophy team. Um, which obviously we we all had different selections, but I want to know our trophy MVP for the whole thing. And I realise, obviously, um, there was a trophy MVP for the final itself. La Quincy, obviously, well-deserving. But in terms of the whole shebang, what we got, fellas? And ideally, someone who was in your five. So, for example, mine was Larry Austin, Cam Christensen, William Lee, Taj Green, and Brad Green. But I've my pick for it is Cam Christensen. Um, I think he leads the comp. Him and LaQuincy Rodeau, I think, have the same efficiency for it. You can't not have LaQuincy in there because he was just a fucking beast this weekend. Incredible, incredible. But yeah, I'm, so he's that. Uh, is that weirdly, that, he's not in our team. Of the, you know what? I, I was going to mention Aaron Rye. Yeah, me too. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's great. Really enjoyed. Watching him, like I've always, I want to say Cam Christen because I think he's just an absolute ball. Like, I really like watching him, mm. but the guy keeps coming up like 2.0, Macy Jack. Like, oh, mate, like we've actually genuinely between us all, we've not even said Skylar White yet because he had a brilliant yeah. finals as well. You absolutely like yeah. just what Ben said, like he's got five, six, seven guys that you can trust on at any given night to do the business. Like, Cam Christen stats for the trophy were incredible. Um, Brings him off the bench as a sixth man normally, and yeah, incredible. I love, I love that uh, Wayne. Have you what was your what was your pick? Uh, Rye, Aaron Rye. To be honest, yeah. yeah, I can't even remember what five I gave you the other week. So, I'm what did to, I call? I'm trying to find them. I can't find them. I wrote them. I normally do it on the uh, thing. Okay, but it's it's it was all very similar in terms of Larry Austin was in there for some. Cam Christensen was in there for most. Taj was in there. William Lee was in there a lot. Uh, Kimball and um, Pat Whelan are in there as well. But I I realise they play extra games. But the uh, three leading efficiency players for the trophy were Cam Christensen, LaQuincy Rideau and Aaron Roy. And there's not a lion until Gabe Olaseni. And he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, fourteen, fourteenth. I mean, the, which the I only, found interesting. But um, the yeah. only lion over the weekend, and it more so in the semi, um, that was looking dangerous was was Sharma for me because in the in the semi final he, he went on that run and he was uh, hmm. he was in the middle of it all a bit quieter yesterday. Um, I was I was amazed how quiet the Morgans were. That was really strange. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Connor Morgan had Morgan. a bad weekend. He was really quite bad. On I think we did a good job on him, and then Cheshire did an equally good job on him. Well, that might be a good point because one of the topics for tonight um, was the Lions rumours, and obviously, what did they say on SMB? Because I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But there were some rumours or insinuations. Everyone's S- gone quiet now. SNB. Sunday night breakdown with uh, Dan Routledge um, and uh, Dave Foresta. 
Dave was saying, yeah. I'll, take, I'll take the ball by the horns. Good man. Uh, <laughs> Dave was saying, and he got no uh, backup to this or anything, he was just thinking out loud as to why London played how they did over the two games. Um, and I think that the quote he used was, have they missed a paycheck, the players? Yeah. I love Dave. Or words to that effect. <laughs> and he said, he said, that obviously may not be the case. Yeah. But I'm throwing that stuff out there to try and explain why Matt Moore scored <laughs> four points in a final. Or, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And he... he he did back it up by saying, obviously, I've got no inside information or anything like that. I'm just thinking out loud. So that was that. Um, but it was very strange. <laughs> they, when they, you, it didn't look like lines, did it? No. Maybe some like the continental <laughs> breakfast served, even though he wasn't playing. When you guys said that about, you know, the more, keeping the Morgans quiet and such, and then that's one of the kind of things that Dave Forrester speculates, as it were, or like you say, no, no, nothing behind it whatsoever, just how it looked. Um, and no, I don't, no disservice to Cheshire because they ran them off the court. Um, and when you look at how good London, I watched London V versus Besiktas midweek and they were incredible. Yeah, they were. Yeah. It was, they were the Rolls Royce of basketball that night. They, Everything went the right way for them. It looks completely it, same players, different squad. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it was. I mean, watching we got there for, um, I think it was about a couple of minutes gone in the second quarter when I got there on Saturday for the first game, mm. and. Caledonia got a 15-point lead when we got there. We sat down, and I don't think Caledonia scored for about the next six minutes. That was your fault. It's my fault. Sorry, Grant. Well, um, no, it's also my fault. I'd finished work bang on tip, and I was like, you know what? I'll sit in the office watching it on my whatever gadget I had. I'll watch it till halftime, then go home. I should have stayed in work. Uh, yeah. I should have yeah. just kept watching it on my phone or whatever. I was you were buzzing on your way, eh? Yeah. Oh, watch, I was, watching, I, I London, home. watching London live... Um, we were sat right behind their bench and um, Luke Nelson kept going. He went off to the locker room for quite a while um, oh, really? with, a, with a physio. Jordan Taylor had got like a, a back support, one of those massaging back supports and every time he sat on the bench. So they'd obviously He's got... He's done that all season. He's the, we've got a couple of guys that do that as well. Just keeps them warm. They'd obviously got some bumps and bruises because they're mm. schedule, I suppose, because, you know, yeah, yeah. when you're playing Besiktas, you're going to get some... There's some big big bodies banging around, isn't there? Um, but their two performances, as we've said, uh, had a character. Yeah. So strange for one. reason, yeah, I don't know. I only I did I only saw one moronic fan response that to that of the trophy is small time and it's beneath the lions, so to speak. Which thankfully <laughs> is only one person, but what a fucking dickish thing to say. Um, it's not even worth replying to, really, is it? Nope, not at all. Uh, but let uh, let's move from that to the uh, to the comms backlash, of which I think Dave Forrester was a big part of that as well. I think I think Dave and I agreed on something and over the weekend with that. That's, I think I can't. Well, I don't know. I, 
it could be a competition who tweeted more about the quality of comms between me and him. <laughs> it was a, I think, and obviously, um, Johnny Bunyan was was a was a big instigator as well. Todd is not a popular chap, and I, I don't know the guy. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, um, but in terms of BBL. I mean, like uh, like Ben Thomas said when he, he referred to some of the stats that Dan Routledge had come out with regarding historic stats and how teams have started in competitions and this, that and the other. And that's the kind of thing we would get from, from Dan and Ant. Mm. We'd get that heritage. And, and I get it's a new direction. This is, he kept saying on the broadcast, whether you're watching this in the UK or the USA, um, it's it's being streamed out there or piped into American homes. I understand that. But at the same time, there's not been an awful lot for us old fans to kind of latch onto. And it feels, and what, what there has been has just been done probably below par for older fans. And then it's all done in the name of change. So then we can't, express our opinions on it because then we're just seen as dinosaurs who whinge too much and just accept the change and get on with it. But we needed Dan and Ant. I've got that, two points on this. That One, seemed to be the, the, the general consensus. If you've got, and this is where obviously the, the league have brought the production internally, they do it themselves, they sell it to the networks with the commentary there's attached. But you could still sell, like, Todd, that might work in terms of the college references, the other we kind of Americanizations or we Americanism, sorry, that said. But none of the nicknames work. No one ever calls these guys these nicknames. Listen to our show. We come up with nicknames all the time. Use them. <laughs> but it's the whole. I can't I don't remember any. I'm over, I'm over going that one. But it's like the whole <laughs> thing about it was if you're going to do that, almost create two. You've got two cupboards. Oh, well, you've sent them there for the game day. You've still got your present, your uh, presenters in the in the green room as such. Or the green well, they room. they weren't in the cupboard, were they? They were in the well, no, the commentators are courtside. Sorry, Good. but like Jeanette yes. and Ove and Mike were still with a green screen behind them, which I felt was just such a shame. Like they, you should be doing the whole finals production from Birmingham, uh, and it just that felt a wee bit whatever. I just felt there's a lot of what's the right word here? The service or the history of our game yeah. with the lack of kind of references and just lack, like, again, we're trying to go new places and I'm okay with that, I, whatever else. But the lack of almost preparation into understanding what it is, like there was a brilliant mm -hmm. couple of exchanges on, even just on Twitter between Dan and Ant, almost mm -hmm. analysing the game and it was awesome to read. Mm -hmm. Like, and you just wish, and you know what, what probably didn't help the situation was there was a lot of heat, and yes, I did make some comments. But we just want something good, not that we don't want something good to listen to, but we do. We want something that we understand, there's a bit more context to it all, a bit of understanding. There was just too many basic errors. Forgetting Kimball McKenzie's name, for example. Mm. Like, oh. Brett, Berman, Brett Berman on the comms the other week with Josh, Said that Kimball's a top five player in the league. You should know his name. You and he's one of Leicester's main guys. He's a GB international that doesn't ever seem to get mentioned. He's obviously as Canadian, but he's a GB international. 
it's random stuff that doesn't get mentioned. We'll tell you what college he's from, but actually the guy plays for Great Britain. We don't hear that. No. And well, one did of the you things not get on that one where I was like, why do they keep calling Luke Nelson, Lord Nelson? Okay. They also kept referring to Fraser Malcolm a couple of times as Malcolm Fraser. I think Malcolm Fraser's maybe a butcher's up here. You might get played, stuck in Sainsbury. He played for Brighton, didn't he, Malcolm Fraser? I don't know. But He was, it was he was the nephew of Frankie Fraser, who was a dangerous man in London. he <laughs> was. Yeah. Chat the hats, mate. I'm sure Brighton had a... I'm sure we had a... It might not be Malcolm Fraser. It was a Fraser. Anyway, carry on. But I feel as well, and maybe what didn't help was they had them doing all four games this weekend. That was madness. The heat stayed on them, which was a shame. Um, I also felt they did a massive disservice to the women's game with several comments. Now, that turned out to be a decent comment, but in the preparation for it, in terms of on the Saturday when they were talking about the women's final, there was not a single mention of an Essex Rebels player. It was all about the might and size of London Lions and their WNBA talent. Yeah, that's very true. Abby Myers, Ben Gustafsson, Carly Samuelson, all phenomenal players. But there's still so many good players that play for Essex. And I've commentated on Essex this season, and they were awesome to watch. Megan Haynes, GB internationalist at the last window. Um, Darcy Reese has been a massive player for them as well. Claire Paxton, who But you, a Scottish person. you saying And it's like... as well, that was one of the feedbacks was that when it came to Lions games, maybe the neutral game was a little bit better, but when it came to the Lions games per se, Todd and Azania seemed to call those games more and it seemed a little bit more of a bias towards London. And I obviously think this when with my gladiator specs on during that game, but when you see umpteen people, maybe there's loads of people online saying, bit biased this, bit biased this. Mm. Every time out you're coming out, it's, oh, what will Lions do? And this was Mm. for Even all of after the teams. Cheshire won it, it was what Yeah, will yeah. Lions do next? Yeah. Yeah. No, And there I'm... was the, the lack of hype around that Aaron Rye breakaway dunk that really Ah, sweetly was awesome. the final cherry I was on screaming. top. Yeah, I was screaming. That was the final cherry on top. And even that wasn't like a moment where we saw some proper neutral kind of commentary. It was almost like, oh, oh no. I mean, in Azania's defence, she talks a lot about how she really liked Cheshire and um, that Aaron Rye was a favourite player and, you know, she, you know, she's given a lot of love to Cheshire um, throughout the final, but you, you can't help think of it sometimes is it through gritted teeth, <laughs> you know what Definitely. I mean? To me, it seems like the UK audience is secondary. Agreed. It's all it's all it's all geared towards the new American audience, hence all the college references he's playing out of here, there and everywhere. Blah blah blah. There was a bunch of that, wasn't there? It was like that guy. I was like, does this guy just sit there studying which college people went to? Are we always I always did when I did comms years ago now feels like fucking decades ago I always did try and give the college they played for just because there'd always be some family or some college members watching online but that would be it I wouldn't say it every time he scored Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, it is a thing to mention, but not every single play. give us some numbers he played here he did well he did well at college and then you know that'd be it but it seems to be every time I mean, just for me, like Ben, ben Thomas probably won't like me bringing this up again, but Dan's commentary from last year when Sloan made that shot, 
Oh, iconic. It's been clipped up to death and mm. played to death because it's a great commentary. How much of that commentary is going to be clipped up and used and you remember that as memorable commentary? No, nah, nah, none of it. I mean, do, you know, we've talked about it before, Wade, but there's, there's, there's two iconic British basketball shouts. The Sloan is, one is one of them and the other one is the one that I hate. Mike to win the league, you know yep. what I mean. But those two things, they are like the most iconic, yeah, um, calls mm. in British basketball. Mm. You know, I can't really think of any others that stand out like that. No, no I mean, finals, like, yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike Shaft was always great with the old babies and this, that, <laughs> and the other. But you know, like you just said, and Ben said it in a in an interview. He's sick of hearing slow for yeah. the win. You know yeah. what I mean? They've 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 used that every single time out on a VT, haven't they? When they've and, advertised and, and the hearing trip. him and Ant just lose their shit. That that's what it's all about in a final. Yeah. Well, and like you say, even though the game was done and dusted for Aaron Wright to get that breakaway dunk, that should have just been the whole. A couple oh, of the corner is. threes as well, like Misu Jack one. I mean, yeah. Rideau, hit, Rideau hits a three towards the end, and he's probably not a great three-point shooter. Now, Dan would have picked up on that straight away mm. because he knows he's probably... Same with the free throws. Rideau's, what is he, 40, low 40% yeah. free throw. But he made some shots, didn't he? Mm. Now, Dan would have picked that up, and unless I missed it, I didn't hear anything like that being referenced. Down the other end, it would have been but not at the Cheshire end. Um, yeah. I'm not a massive fan. Well, I think uh, it's, I don't know if it will be something that they look to change as we get towards the, the playoffs. I, I, my, I'm interested to see what they roll out in terms of the All-Star. If that should be Josh Bett, the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I was just going to say the he All-Star game. He will the shit out of it. Yeah, Josh Bevan be insane for that. We, we we can, we'll, get new, we'll get new nicknames, we'll get everything. Yeah, we need to start some sort of poll for people to vote. For new hashtag campaign. Josh for the All-Star game. Because that would just be epic, yeah. You know, there's only one voice that can, you know, get that excited. <laughs> Loses shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for, for something as flashy as the All-Star game... You need something as flashy as JB, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, Josh and Ant Rowe is a combo. I that like. would that would be very that would be fun. Uh, for All star combo that would be or, awesome. Or, or even a three of them. Here. Three of them. A Tahir as well. Josh Tahir and and Ant Rowe. That would be nice. That would be fun. That would be that pretty would be good. A lot of fun. Do you want a bit of conspiracy pabs? Oh yeah. So my wife asked this question as well. Did the Lions colour code their jerseys with the trophy uh, wearing orange? Well, I'm not sure if they were wearing orange, but it came over as very orange on the broadcast. Nicholson kept saying it's red, it's red, it's red. It was orange. It was orange. It was orange. See, now yeah. I felt like that was, a, I wasn't sure if that was an unveiling or not. What a weekend to do it. The trophy is orange. The whole theme of it has been orange. And they've given them orange to wear. Now, I my conspiracy and even, you know, even your jacket is orange. Well, it is actually all right. I only put that on because I'm cold. I've got don't cheat the grind on under there. Always really? balling. Oh, are, you now, are you now? Are you now? Are you now? Always no, not respect it. 
Pardon? Are you now a model for Always Balling? I bought another T-shirt over the weekend from Always Balling, actually. Um, but no, the, the, you guys as well, and I know obviously Dave, Dave Foresta had his theory on it. I had a, a, a similar conspiracy theory on it, and that is that the players wouldn't want... That's extra pressure. The players wouldn't want that. You're going to dress us in orange, in a competition that's orange, and we're favourites to win, and we should win, and we're the only team really that is in this competition that has any kind of wage structure like anything we've ever seen in the BBL. I, I'm i not up for this. I don't want this. That's I, that's conspiracy, Pabs. I just thought they were tipping their cap to the Thames Valley Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if they'd have had the Tiger Stripes, that'd be pretty cool. You, I'm guessing they never wear orange again now they've lost in it. Yeah, but the thing was, you had about however many... Cheshire, Cheshire. Decked out in orange. They were in orange, yeah. I like that. Well, that confused yeah. the shit out of me when I said it <laughs> on because I was like, hang on, where's this sort of London loyal fan base come from? And then I thought, oh, they'll just mm. give it a more fucking t shirts. And then I realized they were Cheshire fans. <laughs> Fantastic work by the Cheshire fans. Yeah. Right, let's move on to predictions because we were gonna well, obviously we had Ben Thomas on. So, you know, we've that's the bulk of the show given over to the <sighs> uh the living legend. Rightfully oh, so. Yeah. It's too late for so. me to bring up my beef of the week. Oh, oh. go on. No, do it. Do it before we move on to predictions. But we'll do that. Go. It, it, it's actually nothing to do with the BBL. It's <laughs> wow. Like, it's actually to do with the NBA. Oh, go on. Well, this week, all I'm hearing about is that Joel Embiid scored seventy points, and then <laughs> Luka Doncic scored seventy-three points against my Hawks. Unfortunately, um. And everyone's sort of going on about it, but the old guard have all sort of spoken up in the way that I'd speak up. Going, who cares? It's just, it should have been done a hundred times by now. With how easy it is to score in the league. I mean, we, when you guys heard that, just out of interest, we like, oh wow, that's amazing. Or you like me going, yeah. couldn't give a shit. You know, if they'd have done it in the first half, I wouldn't have been that surprised. You know yep. what I mean? Hundred percent. Grant, do you give well, a shit? Well. I suppose it's more, it's quite common now, and you just have to look at the amount of guys. These and is it maybe getting more hype because it's these guys are all international players rather than the homegrown well, Americans. It's just that it's scoring, you know, Kobe, I mean, Kobe style numbers. Um, but then it... focused on Europe. I much prefer watching European type basketball than NBA these days. Sorry, here's my my thing on it. Very quickly, is that it's. Games now are getting scores of 140 to 145. You think back to the 90s and how players like Jordan, Charles Barkley, David Robinson would score. The, I mean, the games would be 80, 90 points, and those guys would be scoring 40, 45. They'd score mm. 50% of the team's points. If your team's putting up 145, one of you's got to be putting up 60. Mm. Surely. Like, it's fucking madness. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's surely it's only a matter of time before we have 200-point games. Oh, it's, it don't seem that far off. Listen, I've always said LeBron James is Wilt Chamberlain 2.0. He'll have a 100-point game before he retires. You think? And he'll sit there with the bit of paper. But what I really enjoyed in the Discord, still not in the Discord, but in the Discord the other day, there was countless people that were like, I don't even think the GOAT debate is between LeBron and MJ. There's so many more people in there that's not considered. I enjoyed that massively. 
Yeah, I was just a bit so like, yeah. Because I, I first heard it, I believe it or shit, not, yeah. on, on Five Live. Really? In the morning, since uh, they throw the odd NBA thing in here and there, <laughs> and it was like, oh, last night Joel and Bede scored seventy points, and I was like, shit happened every week. Well, I've got, I've got to admit, I didn't even know that had happened until you just said. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know about the seventy-three. I saw the I saw the seventy. And what do we know about Joel, Joel Embiid? What do we know about him? Will Neighbor gave him a double double in college. There you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a stat. Twenty points and fifteen rebounds or something like that on Joel Embiid. There you are. It just sort of. Uh, <laughs> it just sort of puts the whole thing about how defense is just. Not a thing anymore. Mm. It's not seem to me, does it? It's just no. And, and it'll, and it, it, it'll. It's creep. an all. Every game's an all-star game now. It's... Yeah, and it, and it, it, it'll creep in. Like you know, it's crept. I mean, I watched obviously a lot of junior basketball, and oh, yeah. the reliance on the three-point shot has become yeah. such a thing now. Um, mm. You know, actually, I watched an NBA game over Christmas. It's the first NBA game I've watched in years. And it was like an all-star game. It was yeah. just three after three after three. But from just, ridiculous distances. Yeah, without, with a, you know, six, seven seconds into the shot clock and you like, it's just yeah. the old shite up. And yeah. uh, I turned it, feels, it off. feels like the player, it's not, the, the league, the, the regular season is not important. It's all about the playoffs and it almost is like, they don't play any defence till the playoffs because they don't want anyone to get injured before the playoffs start. Mm. It's only the teams that are dogfighting it out for the eighth, seventh, and eighth kind of spots that play any kind of defense, but and then <laughs> their rosters aren't as good. There's quite yeah. a drop off as well. That's not the then the main reason where the and why the any time it now becomes international competition, the USA are struggling. Yeah, yeah. like it's oh, I mean, this this year's Olympics is going to be interesting because they're talking about it being like, oh, we're getting the band back together: KD, Steph, LeBron. They're going be injured. Blah. Hey, he'll be injured. But the He's whole thing never is like, fit. Fucking like, Okay, you say this and all right, these guys have been like brilliant in some of the Olympics in the past, 08, 2012, for example, where USA were incredible. They locked out teams. Was it 08 that Kobe ran through Pau Gasol just yeah. to prove a point? Like that's that's iconic kind of international basketball. Dwayne Wade was good in that. Mm. Dwayne Wade Dwayne Wade is probably one of the most underrated players ever. I love that. Oh, Wade. 100%. Carried LeBron to a title. Oh, if he, we get, might get some backlash from that. Well, I hope you do, Pops, quite frankly. And, uh... Fuck LeBron. And Alan, as well. Um, do, you know who, do you know who I like to throw in the uh, GOAT debate? Tim Duncan. Yep, 100%. Timmy, well overlooked. Class. Just an absolute workhorse. One of the players who would benefit so much just from having one title is is Charles Barkley because his numbers and the way he played was off the charts. Give him a title and because he got the MVP and everything as well, he'd be up there. Well, he is for ads, ads, talk, ads. You know, he's up there anyway. But anyway, it's enough NBA. Jesus, come on, this is proper league stuff we talk about. BBL predictions. <laughs> I can tell you, we have a predictions winner from the trophy. It was a two-horse race mainly because myself and Grant were the only ones consistently on giving predictions for the trophy. 
And I can give you the the results. It's a four points in it with 12 points in the runner-up spot is Grant Young. It's a fix. With 16 points, taking a predictions trophy first, because I don't think we've done it separately before. Me! Oh, the joy. I don't want to talk about the league one, because obviously <laughs> AB is well ahead. He needs to give, it, give in some. Well, you guys are here for this, so we can run through. We've got... February the 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 4th back to league championship fixtures kicking off with oh, a must-win game for the Pats if they just stand any chance of making the playoffs. Giants at home, Patriots, the visitors. I'm going to go Pats off the bat. Adds my man, Giants or Pats? Pats. Pats for ads as well. Grant, my man. Who's at home? Giants. Ads, is Paul Nicholson coming up to see you? He is, because we can't do Wing Wednesday because he's leaving on Wednesday. Unfortunately, so. <laughs> I hope you both take a walk-in selfie together. Oh, man. Sexual chemistry. Yeah. Go on, my man, where are you going then? Oh, I got distracted by that disgusting <laughs> um, image. Um, um, I will go... <laughs> You know, I'll go Giants. Giants. Wayne, my man? Manchester. Ah. 2-2 split. We're split on that. I, hang on, Nicholson's sent his in. I don't know if I need to look for this one, essentially. I'm pretty sure he'll stay true to form. Have you got his there? Yeah, I'll find it if you want. Uh, you, yeah, you run me through. Uh, Nicholson. Nicholson went with shock horror. <laughs> Giants. Yep, spot on. <laughs> Did he? The Plymouth, no, the Plymouth Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go reverse order. Who's uh, Nicholson got for the next one, which is Scorchers at home, Sharks on the road, February the 2nd we're moving to. That's He's got Sharks. He has. He's got Sharks. Wayne, it's you. Well, this is a toss-up, really. Um, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Grant, my man. Yeah, I'm going to go see him as Wayne. Oh, you just go against the sharks, don't you? Ads, sharks or scorchers? Sharks. I'm going to go sharks as well. Let's start in the middle. Grant, my man. Uh, Eagles. Oh, hello. Eagles at home. The scorned London Lions on the road. What day of the week it's the Friday night. It looks like the Sky game as well. Seven forty-five. So I think they're also playing. Are they wait? Are they playing Wednesday? Or th- are they playing Wednesday this week in Europe? Well, that's a tough turnaround. Wednesday night, Friday night. Talk amongst yourselves. Um... And Sunday night as well. The Lions. So they may well have to rest some. Don't know if they want to do it against the Eagles because the Eagles don't have a bad record. They match up well against the Lions. I think they've run them close a couple of times and actually beaten them as well. And it depends what who turns up for the Eagles. They've had so many guys down. Mm. True. They're playing away against Olympia, which oh, is geez. which is Slovenia. Am I right in saying there's a little bit more doubt about the Lions after this weekend as well? So, Possibly because it's the first kind of final they've lost in since they've turned into this mega mm, team. Because mm. think about last year, like they did enough to put Leicester away in one-off games. They've not done it this time round. 
Um, so it does add, I suppose, a layer of questions. Um, There's a big gap between them and second place, obviously. It's unlikely anyone will catch them, but it feels like there's a bit more pressure on them now. And I suppose it's just what Ben Thomas said there. It's like they've got such a big amount of riches that in a league campaign, they'll have enough to win more games than anyone. But mm. in the one-offs, but I think I'm still going to say London for this week. Yeah, Lions. Uh, Wayne. I'm going to go for Lions. Lions, add. Yeah, me too. Nicholson's gone London. Nicholson's gone London. So I'll zag and go Eagles. Because they were the, a lot of their players were missing due to illness. They've had a bit of a break. I'm hoping they'll come back fighting fit. Let's switch to Saturday, 5pm tip-off. Scorchers at home, Leicester Riders, the visitors. Let's let Wayne take this one first. I wonder where he's going to go for this. Um, yeah, next. <laughs> where did Nicholson go? Raiders. He went Riders. I'll go Riders as well. Ads, my man. Yeah, Riders. Right. Oh, there's a chance of a zag from Grant. I'm a big Surrey fan. Like, I really like what they stand for. Um, when they're firing, making their shots, they're really good. They're the home team. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Leicester Raiders. <laughs> but I also think Leicester will have a point to prove. Um, that bounce-back game for them. Yes. Yeah, they'll want to cause some damage, I would have thought. Um, yeah. Adam, I'm going to start with you. Giants at home. The trophy champion, Cheshire Phoenix, on the road, coming to you. You should go down there, mate. Have a little chat with uh, Ben Thomas. Um, Cheshire. Good man. Uh, I'll go Nick's as well. Let's go Grant, my man. Um, is this? Did we not talk about this last year about the the game after the finals being how? Yeah, and it was bollocks because London then just trounced whoever they had next. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was bollocks because Gladiators then won as well. So bollocks to this. Cheshire Phoenix are winning this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wayne, my man. Well, judging by uh, how that coach ride sounded uh, mm. for the Phoenix, they could still be hammered. Um, <laughs> Certainly be relaxed. <laughs> yeah, very relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, despite them being in a right state, I think they'll have enough to do it. Cheshire will do it. Where did Nicholson go with this one? Cheshire. He did. Okay. We'll pop him in for that. Who hasn't gone first? Grant, you haven't gone first yet, have you, Grant? Oh, what a game to choose. Gladiators at home. Uh, Bristol Flyers on the road, looking to recapture a bit of form after a, an up and down, well, not a great trophy for them. Injury-stricken squad that they've had most of the season. Um, Grant, my man, going Flyers? Oh, Yeah. Oh, I'll write that down, shall I? Absolutely not. Let's go Gladiators. <laughs> uh, where did Nicholson go? He went Glads. Uh, Ads, my man, where are you going? Glads. Wayne? Bristol. Oh, man, I thought I was going to be the only one zagging. I'm going Bristol as well. <laughs> Just for the crack. Yeah, same here. Love a bit, love a bit of crack. Uh, so, 
London Lions on the Sunday, third game of the week for them. They're at home. Their visitors are the Plymouth City Patriots. Let's go Nicholson first. He's gone for the Pats, amazingly enough. Pats need to get some wins. Um, Everybody else going Lions or everybody else, anybody else going Pats? No, not me. Sorry. I'm going to go Pats. I'm going Pats just because it's a Sunday and the last time they played the Patriots on a Sunday, it was off the back of playing four games in Europe and they rested a bunch because it was the Pats coming to town. Oh, no, they came here, but anyway. Worked out well for the Pats on that occasion. Last game, we're going to pick trophy champion Cheshire Phoenix in a back-to-back. Jeez, but they are at home. Eagles visiting. Uh, I'm going to go Knicks. Bads? Next for you. Grant? I, oh. So this is Sunday night. When did Newcastle play before? Are they Friday in London, against London? Yeah, they're all they're in London late on the Sky game. So they had, or is it in Newcastle, the Sky game? It's in Newcastle, yeah. Sorry. Newcastle. So then they're on the road for the second game. And Cheshire, day between... No, they're back to back. Cheshire have a literal back to backs away, but it's only Manchester, so it's, they they're not got. Oh, okay, yet. Cheshire. Wayne, I'm presuming they'll be parading the trophy around, so they don't want to sl- let one slip, do they? So I'll go for Cheshire. Was Nicholson gone? Eagles? No, Cheshire. Has he? Well, there we are. That's a that, uh, bunch of predictions. In the books from us. I think that's all of them. I've got all of them there. I'm like, yes. Next one's not till the 8th after that. Um, oh. Fucking hell. What a weekend, eh? What I'd, a good show. I had Grant trying to trying to get us to do a, a, a Twitter live spaces. And I'm in centre parts going, I'm on holiday. I can't do it. Ads saying we should do a show tonight, Sunday night. I'm, I'm we were just so hyped, weren't we, Ads? I can't, I can't do it. I'm on holiday. Um, but... I, 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 wanted, I wanted to get on and be all excitable and say things I might regret the next day. <laughs> like, did you fucking hear what Ben said in the interview? It's fucking brilliant. I had clipped that straight away, and I was I I didn't want to push it. Family first, you know. We're on holiday, we're having a break, and that I watched um, highlights of the semis, the early game, and then I managed to watch the second half of the later game, um, and then the final was perfect timing because we had we had bowling booked for later so i did dinner i started dinner at four but i was doing five separate meals because if you've ever been to center parks hux is the is the oh, six different meals sorry hux was the restaurant and it's very expensive so i said and my mum and dad they come with us bless them and they they try not to they don't want to let us pay for anything so then if we eat out i feel so i said right now i'm cooking this time so i cooked and it was perfect because I started cooking at tip off and I had the game on and I cooked and first half pretty much got dinner on the table and I was allowed to have my phone propped up so I could watch <laughs> the second half. I was a, I was into inter, interrupting conversations with oh please hit that three Macy Jackets one in the corner <laughs> and I'm I'm screaming at the dunk Aaron Rice dunk Steal it it was and I'm shouting dagger that's a dagger what a three and then we're listening to the uh, the post game. 
And my wife straight away was, you need to clip that. But she was talking about the be brave bit. She loved the be brave bit that he yeah, did. I and really I'm like, like I'm clipping really, that. You know what? I really like that. Phenomenal. Yeah. That was absolutely I phenomenal. really liked it. Cause, uh... But that's going to, well, I'm going to talk to always balling and we're going to get that on a, on a t-shirt, I think. Um, yeah, be brave. But the, uh, the bit with just the zero lions fans, I thought, and I clipped it and I repeated it and I slowed it down and I zoomed it <laughs> in. Well, it's like the other day. Fucking uh, brilliant. But all the lions fans that commented on it, I think what out of all of them that commented, only one of them went to the game. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy that I think I've been bickering with today because he was in a thread. He told you to grow up, pubs. Yeah, it's just, he's like it's classless. So I put it's not a, classless; it's fact. A hilarious response underneath it. Which and we like, get we say about oh, you know, they big, all the fans they're getting in for the Euro games. Most of them are opposition's fans. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing very well with those tickets. Anyway, I digress on that. It was a great weekend, and then we we want us we tried to stay there for as long as we we didn't leave there till like five, nearly six. And I literally got back in at 20 past eight and just started plugging in everything in, getting it up and, and going. And uh, ben, ben was already in the waiting room. <laughs> He'd been in there since half, half eight, I think. I was like, oh, Jesus, right, done, got in, got in, logged on, done. But uh, I can strongly recommend that for watching BBL action. If I'd have gone to the sports plaza, they would have had it on the big telly because apparently it was on up there. But yeah, yeah. Um, Fellas, in signing off, ads, my man. Hey, whatever. Brave. Be, brave. be brave. It was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> Where did you watch it? In my house. Screaming at the telly? Making the dog bark? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Grant, my man? Yeah. Anything to say before we go? Oh, well, you know what? I think I sat and watched, what, eight hours of basketball over the weekend. Nice. And I loved it all. It was really good. Back to league business now. Like, the season kind of, I suppose, heats up to the All-Star game. And, yeah, it's class. There should be some good wee stories for us to chat absolutely the usual pish about. So, even better. Um, I'm back in comms this week for the oh, nice. Women's game versus Oakland's on Sunday. Uh, so we've got a double header at PlaySport on Sunday, but the women on first, then the men. So that should be class uh, up at PlaySport, which will be class. And I put a podcast this morning, did record with Kirsty Brown. So that's all, if you want to listen to nice. that about yeah. with stuff with Kirsty Brown, that's that's also out there. But yeah, what a brilliant weekend of basketball in terms of just having that much basketball in a central venues class. And yeah. On to, I suppose, next one's the All-Star game. Mm, playoffs. Um, Wayne, my man. Yeah, it's nice to get out and see the game in Birmingham. Uh, obviously not the result Leicester fans wanted, no. me being one of them. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a spectacle, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's nice there. With, you got the... Um, where we parked, we found a multi-story car park about 10 minutes walk away. You're walking down the canal side over the bridges oh, nice. and there's plenty of people about. You can see they're going to the game and it's a good place to hold something like that, I think. Um, you know, you got the pubs pretty close as well. Um, not that I went in the pub because we lost, but... Um, Very big yeah, time yeah. Up there. Yeah. 
This was sorry. Very big Primark up the road. Yeah. Oh, happy days. I need some underpants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back to the grind of the league. Yeah. Um, Seems like a shame, almost, doesn't it? In many ways, it does really. Yeah, back to reality. Um, yeah, let's see. Like Ben says, people are going to be scrambling for that second and third spot. Mm. Um, be interesting to see how it all pans out. Could be fun. Could well, it will be fun, and we'll certainly be back. Who's we'll our have... next guest? Because that was awesome. I love when we have guests on. Oh, we'll get, we'll get some. Don't you worry. We'll get, we'll have to get a graphic and our newest member of the Discord as well, Grant. There's another another Grant Grant Hill. He was a player. He was. He was a he player for the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the same. Well, if it's the same one, then I've dropped a bollock by not asking him. But um, he's managed to easily scrape the information required to do the BTR championship. Been in the Discord five minutes. He's already doing better work than me. <laughs> so we'll we'll start to get the graphic out of the uh, of the championship and. And see if uh, Ben Thomas or Gareth Murray or whoever else is going to be lifting that golf trophy at the end of the season. Um, but yes, everybody at home, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Ben Thomas, for giving your time and coming on. Thank you guys for giving your time and coming on as well. It's much appreciated. And until next week, take it easy. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I will leave the light on.